we've found the only podcast 11 out of 10 wiener doctors agree is the premium cure for erectile dysfunction. Damn, 11 out of 10? 11 out of 10. I found it. Where are you getting that 11th, Dr. Mars? It was a a street doctor in the alleyway. Oh, a shaman. (laughs) I'm proud of you for not making a Doctor Who joke when he asked that question. Yeah, I don't like Doctor Who, so... Oh... I'm probably the only British person who doesn't really appreciate British. How does it feel to be a man without a country? Yeah, I know. I'm like nomad. You're like Garrick, (laughs) but like yeah, I'm I'm even. I'm happy with that. Even more of a spy, even sexier somehow. Somehow, but a lot less. A bigger spoonhead. A lot less Nazi. A lot less. A lot less Nazi. Oh, he didn't say zero. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he said less. I mean. Uh, we've all got uh, our, our. No, geez. no, let's move on. <laughs> Welcome to Story Lords, the comedy fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughter. I am Lord Rich, your resident time traveller. With me is the ghost <laughs> who walks, Lord Jeff. Oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> and, and the Merc Monk who is technically still on podcast probation, Josh. <laughs> Uh, my lawyers have told me I should not comment here. <laughs> Sorry, Lord Josh. They're always standing oh, over yes, his yeah, shoulders yeah. at all times. I don't want the <laughs> Show law. Show me the respect I am owed. <laughs> I don't want the law coming after me for mistitling yeah. you. Yeah. Um, our prompts this week were... We're bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Towels and outhouses. Mm. Mm. Yep. Not two, things that, two things that almost go together, but don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not since I the days of uh, socks and socks. katanas have we had such yeah. prompts. Such so, good prompts. Way to go, guys. <clears throat> yeah. Hopefully we spun them into gold, like some sort of literary Rumpelstiltskin for you. <laughs> oh, God, there's a Rumpelstiltskin <laughs> on the station? <laughs> and a Buck high. Ah, <laughs> oh, I love Buck Bukai. <laughs> the number one home run hitter that totally exists in real life. Yeah, he's coming. He's he's coming. He's playing for the London Knights. Yeah. You guys got a team? If I, if I was Oh god. If I was good <laughs> at baseball, I would change my name to Buck Bukai and just yeah. I would join at the exact correct moment. You oh, better fucking be, so be good. good. That's true. I better be good as fuck, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Like the best there ever. You might hit like 800 home runs. Your first two seasons. Maybe I'm time traveling to fuck up Buck Bukai's history. <laughs> no one likes him anymore. Erase More him. Like, fuck Bukai. More like fuck a guy. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because that's the worst thing you can do. Uh, well, I think it's the best, personally. We're obviously ready. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, please tell us a tale from Spooky Vision, please. Oh, I've got the ambiance and everything. Yeah. Thunderlord. The title of my story is Last Night on Earth. Oh. Second and to it, last, surely. It can, shut up. It continues. <laughs> who's who's talking about second to last, Mr. Finale, in this episode? Yeah. This guy wrote an EpiPen next week. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. <clears throat> anyway. It, we continue from last episode. 
Oh shit. The shockwave that exploded from Rio's monstrous insectoid form slamming into the massive stony chitinous body of Mr. Nero was almost as powerful as the shockwaves that emanate from your mama's gigantic ass cheeks <laughs> when they clap into my balls every night after you get sent to bed with no dessert for trying to sass me at the dinner table, son. <laughs> it's got way less hot. I'm your daddy now, just like your mama yells out between claps, and you're just gonna have to accept that. <laughs> between claps? Rio's extendable arm blade drove deep into the spaces between stony growths on Mr. Nero's chest, causing the hulking abomination to squeal out in pain, not unlike your mama. <laughs> Damn, this lady's getting fucked. The giant's massive hands tried to wrap around the hard-shelled insect carapace that covered what was once Rio, but had a hard time finding purchase amongst all that alien goo shit that special effects artists make out of KY Jelly. Did you know that that's where that shit comes from? Just imagine all the unfucked dry asses out there because we gotta have a gooey-ass creature in our feature. Shameful. Yeah, I'm really concerned about those dry asses. Anyway. <laughs> Kayla S. Hunter scrambled up to her feet as best as she could manage as the two freakish horrors slammed around the parking lot, cracking the cement beneath their bodies with each push and pull. Her head was bleeding, and she was almost certain she'd cracked a rib or two, but she didn't have time to think about it then. She turned her head on a swivel quickly, searching the parking lot for where her compatriots in as many quotation marks as she could imagine <laughs> had ended up after the monster mash had started out of the awesome. corner out of the corner of her eyes she noted pavlov flinch near the front of the building cowering behind a pepsi advertisement cardboard cutout of sylvester stallone as cobra <laughs> god what the fuck god damn this gas station really had been out of service for a long time <laughs> A moment later, she noticed Myrtle Smelly's still body laying beside the old Ford F-150 parked at the back of the parking lot, a small twitch of the shoulder every so often, being the only tell that any life remained in her broken-ass, undead body. Hmm. Or at least she Damn. hoped some remained. She took off with a sprint, tucking and rolling underneath the insectoid Rio's body being flung through the air and slicing right through the metal of a street lamp like a hot knife through butter. She pushed back to her feet and kept running, while Rio caught himself with his jagged claws on the asphalt, skidding to an uneasy stop just as the street lamp crashed into the ground beside him, sending up an explosion of sparks and fire into the hair behind him that looked rad as holy fucking shit. I picture him looking like Raditz, like, or like fucking Broly. Yeah, he's Maximum. <laughs> God... Goku, whatever and it, and it made you think, now. wow, maybe this would be worth killing and eating my loved ones, because holy shit, did that fucking rule. <laughs> Kayla made up the distance between her and the F-150 pretty quickly for someone half-limping, and kneeled down next to Myrtle, placing a hand on her shoulder and shaking her. The younger woman's body was limp and cold, but honestly, it usually was? So it was actually <laughs> yeah. pretty frustrating to figure out if she was dead or not. Myrtle had used this to her advantage to play dead when asked to do even the most simple of tasks as a teacher's aide in the past. <laughs> come on, come on, we gotta get the fuck out of here, Kayla whispered hoarsely, shaking the unresponsive Myrtle violently at this point. And where exactly will you be going? A familiar voice hissed out from behind them. 
Kayla turned to look over her shoulder, the sneering, thick features of Mr. Cornwallis staring down at her only a few feet behind. It's rude to leave a social gathering without saying goodbye to your host after all. Is that what this is? Back the fuck up before I turn your out-of-date Redditor fedora sideways and shove it up your piss hole, cornhole <laughs> Kayla responded Damn! with a spit. Take that, you Fucking shit. Wh- what? Damn. Cornwallis responded. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely taken aback by that threat. He shook the confusion from his mind. Uh, anyway, I think it's about time I put an end to both of you right now. He reached into his jacket pocket and returned with a small snub-nosed revolver, pointing it at Kayla's head and cocking back the hammer. Sayonara, Miss Hunter. I can't say it's been a plit. Kayla dropped onto the back of her palms and swung her legs straight up into Mr. Cornwallis's crotch. <laughs> the crunching, popping sound of the strike of her heavy boots smashing his testicles into an oblivion no man oh. should suffer echoing off the trees that surrounded the gas station. Oh my god! (laughs) He immediately doubled over, dropping the revolver onto the ground and laying on his side, both of his hands cupping his battered and broken genitals as he wailed out in pain. (laughs) Wow. Kayla quickly scooped up the revolver and tucked it into the inside pocket of her leather jacket. You won't be needing this in the ER, she said with a smirk and a flourish, leaning down to pick up the lifeless corpse of Myrtle Smelly, which was, again, how she always was, so she had no clue whether she was actually dead or not yet, so don't worry. Then she tossed her over her shoulder. You fucking bitch, Cornwallis snarled out, his body convulsing and his voice deepening and darkening with each word. Clawed hands with wiry, disgusting fur exploded out of his forearms, sending flesh, bone, and blood splattering across the asphalt below him. His head elongated to the point it could no longer retain itself, then burst like an overripe watermelon, sending its red, fleshy contents raining in every direction, leaving behind a gaping maw of jagged, razor-sharp teeth that extended far beyond where it was comfortable to look upon. From his back jutted one after another long, thin, jagged spikes, which intertwined and created spines with dripped with blood, viscera, and a strange-looking purple-black liquid, which smoldered and fumed. Oh, it's a it's a, a grimace shape. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the this uh, the histrixidine abomination left in his place drew its what head back and screamed fuck? into the sky, filling every eardrum for a mile around. Can I get a can I get a definition of that? Porcupine esque. Oh, Ooh, nice. add it to the lexicon, boys. That's great. Thankfully, by this time, Kayla had jumped into the F-150, hot-wired it started, and was now peeling the fuck out with Myrtle in the seat slumped over beside her. <laughs> she bore the truck down upon what was once Mr. Cornwallis, but the quilled horror leapt 20 feet into the air over it and landed on the ground behind it as if it had never left. It turned its beady little black eyes back and hissed after them. You who cannot run! Can't jump? What? <laughs> said, who said porcupines can't jump? A white porcupines can't jump? That's what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You cannot run, Professor Hunter! There's nowhere on this planet that the umbral born cannot see! Cannot reach! 
The wheels of the truck skidded and sputtered in old age as she swung it around the side of the building, barely missing the massive form of Mr. Nero as he repeatedly slammed Rio's elongated cricket head into the ground over and over, sending spatters of purplish blood flying into the air with every strike. She spun out into the field next to the station, sending bushes and small trees flying as the truck smashed through them, clearing a path in a wide arc back towards the parking lot. The brush parted just quickly enough for Kayla not to have the second she needed to swerve out of the way, and the truck obliterated an old rickety wooden outhouse that sat in the middle of the field. (laughs) 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 Sending wood and debris flying like the remnants of a bottle rocket from the impact. From the ground came a bubbling geyser of crude afterwards, but nothing that Jed Clampett was going to get his family to Beverly Hills on. It was pure <laughs> piss and shit. Yeah. So was that show. It's true. Thankfully, it barely even got on the tires. Back in the parking lot, Caleb brought the truck to a sudden halt and leaned over Myrtle's body to push the door open at the other side, screaming over the cacophony at Pavlov Flinch, who was still safely tucked away and behind cardboard Stallone's bosom for protection. <laughs> Get the fuck in the truck now! Flinch stared with wide eyes, not moving. No thanks, he called out, ducking slightly more behind Cobra. You smell like my aunt's nursing home on Taco Tuesday, TM. Oh my god, he said TM. God damn it, Kayla screamed, reaching into her jacket to retrieve the snub-nosed revolver and pointing it right at Flinch. Get the fuck in! Oh, uh, of course, Flinch said, on the, ver- on the verge of shitting himself at this point and adding to the stink. He thro- threw the cardboard cutout of Stallone onto the ground and climbed up into the passenger seat at once, slamming the door shut behind him. For fuck's sake, Kayla said, putting pedal to metal and peeled the fuck out once more, crossing the parking lot in seconds and yanking the truck back onto the road. Not that I mind, but we're just, like, leaving him? Flinch pointed back towards Rio, who was now lifting the Goliath body of Mr. Nero into the air above his head and walking across the parking lot with it, the chitinous stone body hanging somewhat limp over his hands. I don't know that dude, and neither do you. He looks like he's got the situation under control to me, Kayla said, not even looking back. You didn't even look, Flinch said, with an incredible (laughs) amount of upset little brother energy. (laughs) Almost in the same instant he finished his sentence, a deafening thud rang out in in both Flinch's and her ears, the top of the truck cab caving in a little on top of them and pressing down into the top of their heads only slightly. Fuck! They both yelled at the same moment. (laughs) (laughs) Pull over! Now! Mr. Cornwallis screamed with inhuman fervor from the top of the truck, his recurved claws digging into the steel as he rode astride it. (laughs) Rio walked slowly but steadily over the edge of the parking lot, hearing the squealing tires of the truck peeling out as his new compatriots exited the situation. His fingertips dug deep into the now-exposed flesh of Mr. Nero, having ripped away his armored plates with his bare hands during their skirmish. Mm. A few steps was all it took to bring him to the jagged, sharp remains of the lamp post he had been thrown through earlier, jutting up out of the ground haphazardly from its damage. 
he drew Nero up high above his head and then slammed him down onto the pike, the steel piercing up through his back, into his heart, and out of the front of him, causing the hulking monstrosity to let out a blood-curdling scream of pain, then fall silent. Go to sleep. (laughs) Rio threw his head up to the sky and screeched from somewhere deep within his carapace body, the blade within his arm piercing out of his flesh into the open air once more, dripping blood and muscle tissue onto the ground. Fucking predator. With a guillotine's precision, he swiped his blade down through the air and severed the huge corpse's head completely off, allowing it to fall to the the pavement with a sickening splorch. He then drove his hands into the midsection he had torn open before and began to drag the entrails out from within, stuffing them deep into his opening, chittering mandibles, piercing Mm. them with serrated jaws beneath, each bite popping them like a sausage as they slid down his gullet. Oh my god. Stop making me hungry. (laughs) And horny. But his blood reverie was cut short by the sound of skidding tires and screaming voices, his head snapping in the direction his traveling companions had escaped in. The city of Whitesville wasn't just quiet. It was absolutely silent. No people spoke, no birds chirped, no cars puttered along their paths toward work or home. The streets were absolutely abandoned, though they were pristine and clean. But that silence was shattered like mirror glass when Kayla sped into the city square in her borrowed Ford F-150. Pavlov flinched, screaming at the top of his lungs out the window for help, and a massive porcupine (laughs) creature holding onto the top of the cab and yelling orders no one was listening to. This is just regular drivers of Connecticut. (laughs) Fuck off! Kayla screamed as she fired a shot from the revolver up through the roof absently as she drove. The bullet pierced into Mr. Cornwallis's flesh, but he played it absolutely no mind, ripping his finger deeper through the metal of the cab roof and beginning to peel it back and away from the door like a tin can. <laughs> Damn it! Here, Flinch, make yourself useful for once in your godforsaken life! Kayla shoved the gun into <laughs> Flinch's hands, his wide eyes looking down at it and then back up to her pleadingly. Shoot at the monster, Flinch! She screamed at him. <laughs> Fine, it's it's just like Call of Duty, Flinch murmured to himself. <laughs> pointing the, isn't anything like Call of Duty? Pointing the gun up at the ceiling and squeezing off two shots into the air. The first one winged Cornwallis in his wiry-haired shoulder, but again, did nothing to dissuade him from continuing to rip the truck apart. The second one fired right through the windshield and splintered it like a spider web, causing Kayla Great. to immediately start swerving out of control blind. <laughs> God damn it. Fuck! She screamed, (laughs) pulling the wheel back and forth to try and right them, the truck driving completely blind over a series of hedges and then slamming grill first into a statue of some old white fucker in the middle of town, coming to a dead stop on impact. (laughs) Cornwallis was flung through the air and landed on his elongated hands and feet perfectly at the far corner of the street. Flinch held his head as he sat back up, the entire world spinning in his view. Or maybe it was Medal of Honor controls? I think the, I think the up and oh. down is inverted. 
Oh my god. Kayla laid her head back against the headrest, having not sustained another grievous head wound at least, and let out a long ragged sigh. God, I hate you, Flinch. <laughs> Agreed. Echoing the statements of the audience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she pushed the door open, the hinges giving out and just dropping the entire thing onto the ground beside her. <laughs> What'd you do? Flinch, for his part, just crawled out the window and fell on his ass on the other side. (laughs) Kayla quickly surveyed where Mr. Cornwallis had landed and found nothing. The entire street was completely empty, seemingly abandoned besides the cleanliness and upkeep of everything she uh, hadn't driven a truck into, of course. (laughs) Of course. The hell did he go? Who gives a shit? Let's steal another car and head up Atlantic City. Papa needs a new Hatsune Miku body pillow. Oh, my God. They're, like, perfect for each other, him and the dead one. Flinch said with renewed vigor, or at least what he could muster as vigor. (laughs) Kayla had used the opportunity of ignoring whatever Flinch was saying to reach back into the wrecked truck and retrieve Myrtle's dead, question mark, body, heaving it over her shoulder again. Look, I came here for a reason, and I'm not leaving until I get some answers. Let's start with where the hell Cornwallis has snuck off to to hide and ambush us later. Yeah, where's Cornwell's Fargo? (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that none of that means I need to be here, so... (laughs) Flinch responded, but was immediately silenced after, as the bank across the street's front windows came exploding outwards in a million pieces, shattering ac- scattering across the road between them and it. In the middle of the glass, Rio laid, his slimy green body leaking purple ooze from dozens of lacerations and wounds. Cornwallis stared from within the bank, holding a bloody stump where his right arm used to be, his ragged, hairy form heaving in and out from itself in loud, gasping breaths. I'll... I'll kill you all. The Umbralborn will live. Our glorious rebirth will be tonight. Cornwallis screamed in an unhinged double voice, part human and part beast. Rio slowly set back up, heaving up a mass of purple and black ooze onto the street before pushing himself back up to his feet. Oh, fuck me, Flinch yelled, fumbling around with the revolver in his hands like a kid trying to catch a ball that was thrown at them too fast, before finally gripping it correctly and pointing it at Cornwallis. But the porcupine beast was launching itself forward before anything more could happen, his gaping two wide mouth spewing blood in every direction as he went in for the kill on his weakened insect prey. It's it's just like Splatoon, Flinch yelled, (laughs) squeezing the trigger and gritting his teeth as the shot went off, eyes completely closed. Use the force. (laughs) Through some miracle of divine intervention, the bullet lodged itself directly into the incoming Cornwallis' eye socket, sending the eye viscera within splaying out into the air and dropping the beast onto the ground from the impact. That's what happened to me, my blood eye. Oh yeah, true. Your fucking spooky blood eye, Flint shot you. It's true. Yeah. Kayla stared in awe at the sight of Pavlov Flinch actually accomplishing something. Absolutely dumbstruck. 
<laughs> as Cornwallis flopped against the ground and began flailing violently, Rio drew his bladed arm up into the air once more and brought it flashing edge down against the center of Cornwallis's head, splitting it in twain lengthwise and causing the front of his monstrous face to simply slide off onto the ground, blood <laughs> spewing forth from the wound like a geyser. The beast, or what was left of it, fell silent and still upon the ground, and Rio threw his head back to screech at the sky once more, his fists clenched at his side. But by the time the screech had ended, it had metamorphosed back into the scream of a horrified man, and Rio had collapsed face first onto the street, exhausted and human once more, covered not in a shred of clothing, but only in unspeakable gore. Same. <laughs> After the weekend. <laughs> a silent moment passed there in the street then. Kayla and Flinch both standing transfixed at the repugnance that had unfolded before their eyes. Before it was shattered by Myrtle Smelly shooting up off Kayla's shoulder all at once with a ragged inward breath that shocked all unlife back into her, startling yes, the holy fuck out of Kayla. Myrtle shot her eyes at Flinch all at once and blurted out, Splatoon! Like the kids' paint game on the Wii U? <laughs> it's also on the Switch, Flinch yelled back obstinately. <laughs> how does he? How can he afford a Switch? His he can't afford one. one. He's, he's definitely going oh. to the Nintendo stores and playing it in there. Yeah, testing stinking the place up. Yeah. Yeah. The group had slipped inside a house on Main Street for cover, knowing other terrors awaited them out there somewhere in Whitesville. They had cleaned up the best they could, using what they could find inside the house, and had even found a first aid kit to patch themselves up a little. Myrtle needed a new neck brace, and Kayla had managed to cobble one together out of some gauze wraps, a bathroom towel, and some popsicle sticks they had found. <laughs> Ding! <laughs> <laughs> Myrtle wasn't psyched yep, yep. about how much the stick poked into her cheeks and collarbone, but it beat your head rolling around like Fred Flintstone's bowling ball all the time, she supposed. <laughs> bowling Kay ball or his, or his real balls. Wow. Damn. I'm not trying to talk about Fred Flintstone's testicles right now. <laughs> not right Body, now. This is a children's podcast. <laughs> we'll wait until. Body, my pebbles! <laughs> we'll wait until the break That's what he to calls talk about him. that. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about it. at length. Kayla and Flinch both needed some pain reliever spray and some bandages, but nothing too incredibly serious. Kayla probably could have used some more time and care, but she was too focused on what their next step should be in town. Rio, of course, needed new clothes, again, and was relegated to wearing a far too large leisure, leisure suit they had found in the back of the closet upstairs. As every other scrap of clothing in the building was some kind of moo-moo or nightgown. They suppose some old lady lived here before. <laughs> Even with the threat of being eaten alive by a mantis man, the rest of the group found time to roast the hell out of him about his new John Travolta-ass Saturday Night Fever-ass chick repellent suit. <laughs> Fuck. He just stared off into the middle distance shell-shocked the entire time anyway, so they might as well. <laughs> All right, enough, Kayla said, standing up in the middle of the plastic-covered grandma living room. <laughs> We've ragged on staying alive over here enough. <laughs> we need to figure out the yeah. game plan now for stopping this ritual this time. It's almost 11 p.m. If I know anything about rituals, then it's going to be going down at midnight. <laughs> do, do you know anything about rituals? Flinch asked after a silent moment. 
That's pretty niche information. Are you like an enthusiast or... Have you not been paying attention for the last 24 hours, you 50-year-old Nintendo kid? Myrtle groaned out, <laughs> wow. rubbing the bridge of her oh. nose, very much like Kayla did when dealing with Flinch. Or with Myrtle. <laughs> we're here to stop we're here to stop a cult from doing an evil ritual and destroying the world or whatever. We already did that, Flinch bemoaned. <laughs> Is the writer of the story really using the exact same plot for his big finale story as he did for, like, episode 12 or something of this podcast? That's, that's genuinely some of the laziest writing I've ever heard in my entire life. Even Stephanie Meyer would never do that. Jesus. We gotta do what we gotta do, Kayla said with a shrug. <laughs> The conversation stopped dead in that moment as a polite knock came at the front door. Kayla, Flinch, Rio, and Myrtle all froze in place, turning their eyes towards the sound. They exchanged glances back and forth, and none moved from their place, sitting in the silence that followed. Knock, 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 just as polite as the first. Kayla held her hand out to Flinch and shook it in place, causing Flinch to sleepily look down at the pistol sitting in his lap. He looked back up at her with empty, thoughtless eyes. She pointed hard at the pistol and then held her hand out again, much more forcefully. His eyes widened and he picked the gun up and set it in her palm, giving an incredibly proud-of-himself look that caused everyone in the room to sigh. The knock repeated itself. Kayla gripped the gun and held it behind her back, sliding up to the front door. She slowly turned the knob and slid the door open without saying a word. Thank you. I was under the impression I would be standing outside forever at this rate. Here he is. A familiar voice floated around the edge of the door, making Kayla swing it entirely o the way open after. Standing in the doorway was a tall man with black slick back hair, a suit and peacoat in all black, collar turned up, and a pair of red circular sunglasses sitting upon his pallid features. <laughs> Standing in the doorway was none other than Indrid Cold. Everyone in the room suddenly felt a buzzing in their head, like the distant patter of bees around their nest, and an unmistakable, floaty, empty-headed feeling that none of them could identify. An extremely familiar feeling for Kayla S. Hunter. He took three steps. She took three steps back from the door and propped herself up against the bar at the other side of the room with one hand. C cold? What the hell are you doing here? Did you, did you set up that fake you to lure us here? What is going on? <laughs> I'm afraid I wasn't aware that you and your compatriots had arrived in Whitesville, Miss Hunter. Cole said with a cold said with a smile crossing his features that was just slightly too wide, just slightly too many teeth showing behind his thin lips. Shark. I arrived upon receiving the news. I imagine you were brought here to stop the ritual that occurs at midnight. Kayla gave a rueful glare to Flinch when the midnight time of the ritual was confirmed. <laughs> Flinch just shrugged in return. <laughs> I believe if you wish to complete your ill-gotten mission, then you'll need to interfere with the acolytes where they now all congregate. The observatory up on the hill, just past Adams Avenue and 6th, shouldn't take more than 15 minutes to arrive. 
Cold said, his twisting smile never leaving his lips. The group was having trouble concentrating for some reason, though his words seemed to pierce through the fog well enough for recollection. Can you... can you help us? Myrtle said, holding her head with her hand. She'd never felt this way before. Like she was talking in a very vivid dream to someone she could barely comprehend at that moment. But she had exact knowledge of just the same. I always help in my own way. That's what the Silver Blood Society does. And my employer will always be there, he returned. You had better move out. Time grows increasingly short. Kayla, Flinch, and Myrtle all slowly headed towards the front door, Cold waving his hand to usher them past graciously. As Rio stood up to follow, Cold simply turned his head to look at him and stopped him in his tracks, shutting the door. Rio felt heavy as he stood there in place. He'd remembered in that moment a dream he had had when he was younger, a recurring dream that had always left him in a cold sweat when he had finally awakened. He was being followed by a black shape, indistinguishable and violent, that grew ever larger and moved ever closer, buzzing and humming with malice. He tried to run, but his feet felt stuck to the ground, like trying to run through a swamp, like being stuck like a fly in molasses, like trapped quarry. Cold held the door shut behind the group as they left, assuring them, your companion will be along shortly. What? Why? Why can't I go with them now? Rio said, fear slightly raising in his voice as his mind replayed his nightmares over and over at its deepest point. Why, my dear boy, your part in all of this is over. You are no longer useful to humanity. Cold said matter-of-factly, crossing the living room to make up the distance between them. I... I can be. I am... Human, aren't I? Rio whispered, his voice hoarse, his cheeks suddenly hot and wet, though he couldn't figure out why. There was an instant flash of silver, and before any measure could be taken, a shining longsword was pierced directly through Rio's midsection. The searing, white-hot pain that encroached upon his every thought burned away his consciousness just as the sword's touch began to burn away at his flesh, his muscles, his bones, tearing away at the fabric that held them together and roasting him alive until nothing was left. The ashes of what was once Rio Tachibana fell to the floor in a heap at his feet. An injured cold stared down at them without a hint of emotion upon his mask-like face. No, Mr. Tachibana. I'm afraid you are not. To be continued. Fucking Crooked Man lives! I mean, I mean, he he was pretty useful. <laughs> he fucking fought Wells Fargo out of Wells Fargo. <laughs> ah, he's dead. Oh, God man. damn it! He, he was my second favorite of the main cast. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man, Who's now your I favorite? know what it feels is it, like. Is it it's Kayla. or Myrtle? No, it's Kayla. No, Kayla, your favorite, okay. favorite in terms of, you know, being an actual human, uh, <laughs> not distraction or uh, Cartoon character. in any way. <laughs> favorite My in the story. was Cricket Man and then Rio. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. Fuck this. 
We, this, fuck this, is, this. this is a hint. This is this is a, a little mirror in the way things are going, maybe. Mm. To be continued in the finale of Spooky Vision. I mean, <gasps> does, does this mean that Myrtle's going to die as well next episode? Is he going to kill Myrtle? Because Myrtle's not technically human anymore. I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't written it yet. We'll find out. <laughs> I'm oh, just man, as in the dark good. as you are. That's next week's problem. That was a great fight scene. That was really that was good. awesome. I thought it, I that thought it part be... where you described like the city uh, quiet yep. and then, like it was very cinematic. Yeah. Oh, thank like, you. Man, this is like a fucking movie. Thank you very much. I thought it would be fun if the sort of like hijinks of what the the non fighting characters were doing took like mm-hmm. center stage and the fight was just happening behind them the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what? It, do you know what? It was like um, uh, the same levels of destruction as Man of Steel, but without the hideous human capital lost. <laughs> Because it was done in a done in a ghost town. That was the best part of yeah. it. Like you can just let loose in a ghost town. That's true. Nobody nobody got killed in this episode. Oh wait. <laughs> nobody human anyway. Aww. Cricket man lives. Make the shirt. Let cricket <laughs> man lives, and it's just a pile of ashes. <laughs> ashes with a sword sticking out of it. R I P R I O. Oh, it's R-Y-O. <laughs> oh, damn it! You oh. dumb bitch! Oh, it still man. works, though. All right. It's close it enough. Works. That was great. I don't know how you're going to tie things up with one story left, but that's the best way to be with a story, right? Who said he's going to tie yeah, it up? Who said he's going to tie it up? That's uh, a good point. Uh, it, I guess that's true. I could cop out and not tie it up. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, you could do what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah, we. Uh, no. What is what is Indrid Cold's allegiance? What is mm. his plan? What's happening? Who knows? He hates man. all monsters. I know that. Yeah. Or does he? Does he hate robots too? <laughs> uh, there are no robots in this setting yet. We'll find out. Yet. Yeah. Let's hope the next we'll prompt see. isn't robots. <laughs> robots and cheesecake. I, I <laughs> don't find robots men. very scary. <laughs> no. No, I don't either. Apart from the real ones that exist in our world and are going to take over. That's true. Yo, that yeah. one that's like that woman that has the facial expressions, oh, yeah. that's a little freaky. It's that terrifying, one, actually. Those ones yeah. that they've got doing parkour over small boxes, they're pretty scary. Yeah, those dogs, too, yeah. are kind of frightening. Yeah, the yeah, dogs that... that they attached a gun to are yeah. scary as fuck. <laughs> Good idea. Good idea. What could go wrong? Let's give them guns before we give them morals. Why not? <laughs> it's the American way. <laughs> That's what they do in America. <laughs> this is true. That's a cha-cha, 4th of July. <laughs> next next oh, episode is, is the finale. Uh, how will I wrap it up in one episode? Uh. Yeah. That's Like I said, that's next week's Jeff yeah. problem. This is true. Yeah, fuck you next week, Jeff. Eat shit next week. All Jeff. right, you killed Rhea. All right. <laughs> no, current or like last night, Jeff killed Rio. Current okay. Jeff just read the store. Yeah, I fucking hate that. We Jeff. don't. We don't have a problem with this today's Jeff. Yeah, the narrator Jeff is fine because yeah. he's just the narrator. It's true. I have no control store. over the store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was good. That Anyone was good. could die yeah. next time. Rich, That's my motto. Josh. <laughs> I hope it's me because I don't want to live in a world without cricket, man. I'm sorry. I took away, I gave you what you wanted so bad the whole show and then I took it away. 
This is like the fucking Christmas when I got the Micro Machine playset and the aircraft carrier, and then I immediately lost all the missiles. Oh, my oh God. It's what you get for buying a Numb Nuts presents. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Damn, he is a dad. Is, is this the last episode of Story Lords? <laughs> You're fired, Josh. <laughs> I've got your missiles. What a twist. <laughs> what a down. <laughs> I've had them for 30 years. <laughs> However many. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. I believe it. That was enjoyable. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That was really good. And you wrote yeah. that last night? Yes. Uh, I mean, it must be good to have talent on the last night. Right? I, just, I don't uh, have talent on the last I've been living night. my whole life that way, yeah, boy. Yeah, pretty much. I do <laughs> think I... about it for like the whole week ahead of time before I Fair start enough. writing. Fair yeah, it does, that does happen. I, if I don't write what I think, um, it doesn't ever get done. Like, I have a thought, I write it in a little notepad, and then I will transcribe it back into the story. I have a filter system in place where I think of stuff throughout the week, and whatever I remember has to be the best stuff. So yeah, that's where I enough. put the story. <laughs> It's the great filter, yeah. Mm. It's good. Right. Should we take a break? Yes. Right. Oh. So <laughs> you're we'll outmoded. <laughs> we'll be back in five minutes. And if you don't come back to listen to the second part, you're fucking dead to us. I agree. Yeah, that's true. Apprentices, how are you? You can't Story answer. surfs. <laughs> yeah, dig up my potatoes. Story pages. <laughs> like a page boy? Like, like, yeah, yeah, because we're lords. They're pages. S- how right? about story squires? Story squires. That's alliterative, yes. That's good, I like that. Welcome back, story yeah. squires. Turns out you got promotion. <laughs> Clean Yay my horse shit up. <laughs> Doff Bro- my armor. Don't pull that Doff my <laughs> Don't pull that sword from that stone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my sword from that stuff. Yeah, we can't have you becoming story kings. Yeah. Anyway. Go fuck a squirrel and go swim with fish and shit. <laughs> yeah, go get eaten by a pike. I always yeah. really liked that Merlin in that movie like knew about modern times and yeah. just like vacationed in Pismo Beach and shit. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking Bermuda. He's like, I'm out of here. He goes to Renaissance Italy and comes back with um, a Leonardo da Vinci flying machine. Doesn't yeah. he? I don't know if you know this, but like Reese's is kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yep. Right. I got a wizard in my stories that's kind of like that, Marilyn. Maybe they should meet one day. <laughs> Maybe. Um, no one knows what I'm talking about because I never released it. That's good. It's <laughs> good advertising. <laughs> um, my episode is called. Rumble in the Omnibronx. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Grissom grabbed a bucket and hurled chunks into it as the conveyance of Grissom Graves 2, which was still mistakenly being called the Swift Feather by everyone else, breached <laughs> the atmosphere and descended towards Ithia and their final yeah. confrontation with the Technomancer. Take that, Discord. <laughs> The shaking and jostling of the longboat was far too much for him, and he brought up his breakfast steak in two long heaves. Now he would be hungry until his lunchtime steak. <laughs> who, who is writing the disgusting horror here? Me or you? <laughs> uh, He's going to get colon cancer. Uh, n- never mind, buddy. Happens to the best of us, Lionel Snickers. <laughs> Babies, small children... <laughs> Slightly smaller children. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make me skin you before the technomancer does. Graves muttered into the bucket. Oh my god, that was such a convincing (laughs) heave. It was really good. I've had cancer. I know how to be sick. I'm very practiced at it. (laughs) Hey, listen, this guy's sick. (laughs) I'm a gold medalist of vomit. Olympic. Blotch was finding it difficult too. Her internal jellies were more greenish-tinged than normal. As Tabor slapped her on the back, thick orange chunks of what looked like carrot appeared in her translucent body before being dissolved back into her internal acids. Oh, she threw up in her own own throat. (laughs) Tamia (laughs) was asleep, being gently buffeted by the ship shaking and making that cutesy anime sleeping noise while Hijoki watched her. You know, the... (laughs) Me, 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 me. I believe I believe that's the sound Porky Pig makes when he sleeps. <laughs> well, both. <laughs> Words couldn't describe how proud he was of her, how much he loved her. She had changed so much since they first met, from directionless, lovable psychopath to disciplined, lovable psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> and now, with her and Lionel together, she was so relaxed and so con- so content. It had been what he had wanted for his own daughter but Tamia was more than a substitute for that. Beginning our final descent to the surface and our untimely deaths, Ludwig declared from his seat in the cockpit. <laughs> Heath, old boy, how are the engines looking? Much as they always appear, came Heath from engineering. But if you mean, how are they performing? Also much the same as they always are. <laughs> <laughs> At this terrible news, Hijoki reached up and pulled a second seatbelt around Tamia as she dozed. <laughs> Let's hope the Technomancer's new weakness is pedantic little robo-bitches, Tabor said. (laughs) (laughs) Tabor is my (laughs) favourite. Stoker finished off the chocolate bar he was munching on and then also shoved the foil wrapper into his mouth and swallowed. (laughs) Dude, that's a fucking problem, man. Okay, he's my (laughs) favourite. Don't worry. If we die, we die gloriously. And do not feel anything until we get to land and Technomancer gut shots, dismembers, or burns, or drowns. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough pep talk from you today, Stoker, I think. An explosion rocked the swift feather, and suddenly Lionel was gone, sucked out of the resulting hole in the ship. Oh, shit. He, f- he fell in free fall towards the surface of Iphia. Stoker, Hijoki ordered. And without question, the gigantic Atlas Moth threw himself out of the opening and down after Lionel, his massive wings sounding like helicopter rotors as he flew away. Sick. Fighting against the rushing air, 
Tabor swiftly turned himself into a pliable sheet that blocked the hole in the ship wall. What was that? <laughs> he yelled. <laughs> Ludwig wrapped his tentacles around the sticks and pulled up, attempting to right the ship which was tumbling fast. I'll check the radar readout just before impact. He pressed a few buttons and up pulled up a visual of a humanoid-shaped missile flipping the double bird. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Heath arrived in the, in the cockpit to sh stare at the readout. The body was wrapped in metal. No life signs. I would say it was launched from the ground. Fucking Technomancer is firing the dead at us, Grissom growled. Hijoki, wake up, Tam. We need to be ready or he's... He's going to skewer us as soon as we land. Uh, not to worry. If if I don't get some response from this bird, we're going to be burned alive a long time before then, Ludwig said as Hajoki shook Tamiya awake. <laughs> what the hell has happened here, Tamiya said, looking around. I was, <laughs> I was only asleep for ten minutes. Wait, where's Lionel? Brace yourself, guys, Blotch shouted amongst the noises. <laughs> taking a walk. <laughs> Blot shouted amongst the noise as the ground rose up to meet them, as threatening as a dude bro approaching any woman with a pulse at a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I don't miss any of that No. Shit. The ship slammed into the tree line surrounding a wide open plain, breaking into pieces as it came to a halt in the dense brush. <coughs> Everyone okay? Tamia coughed, wiping blood from her nose as she pulled Blotch to her feet. We've we got to move before the Technomancer comes looking for the wreckage. Too late, Tam, Grissom growled, clutching his ribs. He pointed out of a tear in the hole to the vast, dead, volcanic plains in front of the forest they had just crashed through. And just in front of them was the Technomancer, who was laid out on a deck chair, holding a folded piece of silver card to reflect the sun... <laughs> to reflect the sun back against his chrome body. <laughs> Why is he a fucking Venture Brothers character? I love this new Technomancer. He's gotten weird. It's been a long time. <laughs> Mookie walked back through the portal ahead of Dutes. Their eyes narrowed. How many is that now? Droots dragged Kitar behind her as she stepped into what looked like a field of poppies. It had been a long few weeks. I don't know, maybe 200 or so? Though I don't think we can count on those people. One of them was wearing canvas shoes. <laughs> it, it's not enough, Dutes, Mookie said. 200 isn't nearly enough. But if those 200 each recruit 200, Mookie picked a poppy amongst the field of them, having no perceptible difference on the rest of the field. Yeah, because pyramid schemes always work, don't they? I think their yep. worthlessness is a universal constant, like electron mass or or, or dubstep being utter shit. Damn. <laughs> Skrillex is a listener. <laughs> Fuck you, Dutes dead mouse. <laughs> Dutes put her hands on Mookie's shoulders. Stop it, Mooks. I know you're scared. I know you're expecting the prophecy tablet to hold all the answers, but you're just going to have to accept that the answers don't lie in seeing the future. They just lie... In faith in ourselves. But, 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 but I was born for this. The Omnisia is supposed to help guide the Nexus, Mookie said. Mook, Mookie said. You have guided me. I don't need to see the future to know we're doing the right thing here. Dutes opened another portal with a few strums of her keytar and grabbed Mookie's hand with a smile. Come on. We've, we've... 
come on, there's a truck coming. <laughs> That's so loud. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. Come on, we've not got much time. Lionel woke up in a dead tree, hanging from the branches by his feet. <laughs> Stoker lay in the branch opposite, unconscious, drool dripping from his mouth in long strings that were gradually lowering to the ground. Ew. Beep ba skiddly dat doo doo. A voice came from below them. What the fuck? <laughs> About ten feet away. The scat man st- is here. <laughs> a wooden structure stood proud in the mini clearing, almost the size of a broom cupboard. The door suddenly suddenly swung open with a creak, and an undead, partially decomposed man came out with a mop. His skull was completely exposed, his eyes long eaten by worms, yet somehow. He saw enough to know where he was going. He was scatting to himself in the whitest way possible, pretend- <laughs> pretending his mop was a saxophone and basically being an undead little millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Lionel stayed still, determined not to give away their position to an agent of the Technomancer. Until that is that Stoker rolled over in the branch and let out the biggest echoing fart that Lionel had ever heard. Oh, best character ever. <laughs> On the other side of the continent, a worm came to the surface thinking it was thunder. <laughs> <laughs> Tutted in an ex- exasperated fashion and then wriggled back into the earth. <laughs> oh, hello there, mister. Now, now, what are you doing up that tree there? It's not... Apple season for another month. And that tree and everything on the planet is dead as a policeman's sense of you. Honor so it be. The undead man said cheerily. Hold on a minute. (laughs) The man went to his bag and pulled a small metal step from inside. I got me old sign painting ladder from me living days. (laughs) My God. From me living days. (laughs) From me living days. If you just hold on a second... He pushed it with a foot and it extended up to Lionel, who climbed down, jabbing Stoker awake on his way down. As Lionel came back to solid ground, he extended a hand to the dead man, reaching his other hand back to the gun tucked into his waistband. Thanks. I'm Lionel. The zombie took Lionel's hand enthusiastically, nearly shaking his arm out of his socket. I'm Chudley! (laughs) (laughs) Chudley! The old sign writer from Greenacres... You might have seen my work, or if that Krong's gold prick hadn't destroyed me whole planet. Lionel let go of the gun. This guy seemed pretty harmless. <laughs> Stoke, Stoker floated down and recoiled in horror. Ugh! Where is face, Chudley? <laughs> <laughs> Stoker had eggs and bacon, and they are trash for breakfast. And they are not sitting right. You should give people fair warning. Stoker! Lionel hit them off in the guts. I, I apologise for my friend, Chudley. Chudley. Chudley waved a hand. No worries now! I've been slowly decomposing for a thousand years in a state of perpetual torment, so I'm pretty sure I look about as attractive as a recently deceased prostitute skunk's butthole. <laughs> prostitute <What>? skunk? <laughs> it's a fantasy man, planet, cat, man. That cat from the fucking Pepe Le Pew cartoons <laughs> hit some rough patches, man. <laughs> You have face on the Undertaker's shovel, good love. (laughs) Stoker muttered under his breath. (laughs) Stoker. Don't take this the wrong way, Chudley, but uh, we we expected anyone raised by the Technomancer to to be more... Lionel winced. You mean totally evil and stuff? Chudley nodded. 
Well, he was initially, but our Lord, I mean, the Technomancer, sorry, it's a, a kind of a force of habit. He's kind of <laughs> sick. He keeps saying that his power isn't what it used to be after absorbing some bad AI or something. His thralls mm. have been gaining sentience again, gradually. Some of us have a support group. <laughs> thralls in transition, support action group. We meet on Mondays and Thursdays if you're free. Titsag, Stoker raised an eyebrow. Damn group is called Titsag, and nobody cares. <laughs> what is stopping all thralls from turning away? Uh, well, well. The, the ones that were consumed by rage and hate in their lives. The conservatives, the incels, the turfs, those that can't handle when popular science fiction franchises put a woman at the lead. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> they can't find rest. But the rest of us, well, we kind of realise that he's a... Well, he's a crazy emotional wreck. He asks for his morning porridge to be cooked and then separated into its component elements again. I wouldn't mind. I know some people be weird about their food, but we don't have oats. We don't have milk. We don't even have stoves to cook it on. <laughs> Plus, the prick doesn't even eat. <laughs> <laughs> Two days ago, he dismembered a friend of mine for not telling him that Henry Cavill wasn't a witcher anymore. Now... <laughs> What is this timeline, Rick? I love it. Now, I know this planet has been dead for over a thousand years now, but who the hell is Henry Cavill? What's a witcher? (laughs) (laughs) Also, there's Malcolm. Uh, Malcolm. Chudley rolled his eyes. The Technomancer has this imaginary dog. And he banished me to live in this outhouse for brushing Malcolm too hard. But I was just sweeping up the mud he brought into on his throne of skulls. He'd be Cocoa Bananas, mate. Hmm. He absorbed Ellie and he lost power, Lionel nodded, remembering the Technomancer's vomiting all over himself back on his ship. How weak is he? It'd be hard to tell because of all the pouting and the flumping and the cursing the names of his friends that betrayed him. He's all like, <laughs> blotch this and doots that and... Lionel? Lionel asked. No, that one doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> but he has these days where he's all weak and kittenish and then days when he wakes up with a raging death boner and re-kills all his soldiers and then brings them back. And then he sobs that they made him do it and to forgive him. And then he makes them all watch Heathers. <laughs> Chudley shook his head. He is three thrys, a burger, a drink, and the rest of the fries short of a combo meal at the Burger Shack and Leech Removal Emporium. <laughs> leech Removal? That's handy. <laughs> It's a good business. Well, I mean, the business is in the middle of a swamp, so it is really handy until you leave. (laughs) The leeches as the burgers. (laughs) And as if he'd he'd been reading Lionel's mind, Stoker, as usual, went straight to business. So, small, ugly skeleton man, where are all these other ex-fraws? Grissom and Blotch stepped gingerly out uh, out first into the searing heat, Grissom clutching his broken ribs and Blotch covered in duct tape, covering her various leaking punctures from the crash. Behind them, Ludwig had lost an entire tentacle, severed clean off in the crash. 
Krakenites could mm. grow back appendages, but he wasn't too worried about that, given that they were going to die soon. <laughs> Tamia <laughs> sported two large black eyes from her broken nose and was being supported by Heath, who seemed largely intact. Tabor slivered out of the hole in the ship and over to her hand, where Hijoki was looking at Tamia. She, uh, she doesn't look too good, Hijoki. You okay, kiddo? Hijoki asked, worried about his daughter. Tamia nodded, smiling a wonky smile but saying nothing, clearly concussed. Tabor and Heath shared a look. Maybe Dutes and Mookie had made the right choice not coming back. What a wonderful surprise. The Technomancer <gasps> clapped his hands together and got up from his sun lounger. He wore a beach towel around himself. His, na- <laughs> <laughs> his naked upper chrome body on display for all to see. I'm so happy you've returned to me after all this time, all these years. And on my quarter birthday, too. <laughs> He's like a 15-year-old kid. <laughs> Why the hell would he sculpt himself with metal nipples? Ludwig muttered. Because <laughs> he's a crackpot whose murderous time is up. Grissom snarled. What say you, one flew over the server cabinet? <laughs> oh, my God. You gonna surrender, or have you gone full Fruit Loop, spoon up the nose, on your laptop, posting about Blue Lives Matter? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Grissom, the Technomancer chuckled, putting a hand to his chest. I am no Fruit Loop. I know no lives matter. I am king of this planet. If a piece of shit sits on the throne, it doesn't make the sitter a king. It makes the palace a toilet. Blotch turned her ankle in the dirt. Ooh, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gaining purchase, ready to strike. Fuck, that was good, Tabor whispered. <laughs> <laughs> if his weakness was insults, his kids would be hurting. No offence, Heath. <laughs> Heath, busy transforming his arm into a giant proton cannon, didn't even lift his gaze. I understand the distinction between he and I. Please do not concern yourself, Tabor. Mm-hmm. We will make this easy, Technomancer. We are here to, to st- we are here to stop you, hurting anyone else. Surrender or die. The Technomancer squatted and turned down to a patch of empty space next to him. Oh, Malcolm. They just love these empty frets, don't they? It's quite <laughs> sweet, really. They know killing me resets everything and everyone they know. If this is a quarter birthday surprise, it's not a very good one. Hmm. Yeah, they know, old buddy, old pal, Malcolm said. <laughs> oh, my God. He's back, he's back. Licking the technomancer's face with a long, forked tongue. But I don't <laughs> think they're here for your birthday. The technomancer turned, his eyes shining a vivid green as they narrowed. But, but I made a cake for us all to share. He gestured to a two-foot-high pile of mud and magma next to his sun lounger, decorated with so many candles you could barely see the pile of brown. (laughs) Tamia hobbled forwards. I've got something you can eat. She ignited her katana. The technomancer stood. Hold my towel, Malcolm, he said, letting the towel fall to the floor to nothing. (laughs) Everyone around winced and groaned. Oh... I didn't know metal could shrivel like that, Tabor whispered. (laughs) (laughs) Blotch moved her head from side to side. 
It's like its eye is following me. <laughs> its eye! <laughs> what are you talking about? I created it so I could be more humanoid like you guys. So I could fit in finally. The technomancer looked crestfallen. You made that, Hajoki said. What did you use for reference? Roadkill squirrel? <laughs> I will point out this is the second mention on the show of a pee hole. <laughs> oh god, did I put a pee hole in here? Oh, well, you man. better now. I might have. They're mocking you, bucko, Malcolm said, standing on his back paws and hugging the technomancer with two long tentacles. I hope it's really clear that the technomancer has never seen a dog. <laughs> I was going to say, fork tongue, I don't remember that. Not for long, the technomancer sneered, then reached out his hands and pulled his fingers into fists, drawing rusty brown metal from the ground around them. It moved like liquid, forming armour and coating him. Spiked gauntlets, sharp pauldrons, lobstered greaves, and anime mecha jet engine air brakes that grew from his back in thick shards. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Overcompensation looks bad on you, Blotch said, as Tabor turned into a spiky ball and jumped in front of her. She swung the cudgel as hard as she could, her soft shell almost breaking in the process. Tabor flew forward, and as the Technomancer attempted to catch him, he split into thousands of splinters, piercing the Technomancer's armour. As he tried to brush the shards away, Tabor changed to fluid and slivered inside the Technomancer, who smiled suddenly as his armour resealed behind Tabor. No! You're mine now, Darkling. <gasps> Tabor! Grissom yelled as he shot the Technomancer's knees clean through, then followed it up with a clothesline from his robotic arm. Yeah, remember he has a robotic arm from, like, episode three, Chainsaws and Amputations. I haven't, I haven't mentioned it in a little while, and the truth is I kind of forgot he had it. <laughs> I always picture him with it. I always yeah, I, I remembered it. he had it. Yeah. But Grissom didn't forget, and he used his robo-jerking-off arm to clean this piece of shit's clock. Damn, that's that's convenient. That's the metal stranger. <laughs> as as Technomancer rallied to fire a blast against Graves, Ludwig threw a grenade between them that popped and inflated into a large balloon with the words "fuck you, metal bastard" written across it. <laughs> the the balloon took the brunt of the explosion as Heath fired a small beam of energy at the ground below the Technomancer. Tabor, if you can hear, head to his hand. Hijoki yelled as Tamiya jumped off Heath's back and threw the energy sword down through the fiend's body, pinning him straight to the ground. As the ground started rumbling and spitting below him, Tamiya pulled the skewer from her enemy and then chopped his outstretched arm clean off. Magma shot up in a column from the ground, coating the technomancer in molten rock. Immediately, Ludwig brought another grenade from his pocket and threw it into the rock, which immediately hardened. The crew all turned to look at him. Viagra grenade, he smirked. Cons- oh my god. <laughs> Consult your doctor if results haven't eased in three hours. <laughs> it's four! <laughs> it's three on this in this reality. Okay, okay. Boners are harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tabor slivered out of the mutilated extremity and reformed. He looked exhausted, coated in crystals of ice. Tamia put an arm round him. It, it was so cold in there, Tam. N- no feeling. No thought. It was like a police training program. (laughs) (laughs) They're getting to beat the fuck up in this episode. They're literally about to get to beat the fuck up in mine. Uh, Hell yeah. It felt like a black hole, he whispered. 
which, you know, might normally sound like an attractive prospect for a male darkling, but this was the most terrifying thing I've ever felt. (laughs) Well, that was a piece of piss. Little bitch contained in five minutes, Blotch celebrated, high-fiving Grissom. (laughs) But the Technomancer's arm scuttled back over to the rock column and rejoined at the elbow. It fired a blast of necrotic energy that severed Blotch's own hand at the wrist. Shit! She howled in pain, leaking acid from the hole in her shell as she collapsed to the floor. I am detecting movement from within, Heath announced. Tamiya jumped again towards the Technomancer, despite Heath's warning. The Technomancer blasted three of his prison of stone, sending shards of it in an arc around himself. Debris slammed into Tamiya like a rock salt blast from a shotgun, sending her to the floor, winded and cutting her face. Grissom fired bolts from his laser pistols quickly, struggling to hold both aloft with his broken ribs, but the Technomancer simply deflected them with a wave, straight at Heath, who took each shot to the torso and went down quicker than your divorced mum after three gin and tonics and a compliment about her hairdo. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he reached for help from his friends, desperation on his metal features, and then he fell into a heap, his displays and lights fading as he went offline. His body, his body destroyed. The crew stared at each other in disbelief. As a drag racer came through the plains. <laughs> Sorry, we're, we're doing SFX now on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. Thunder, trucks, sirens, drag. maybe lawnmowers. Yeah, that sounds like a really fun challenge, by the way. <laughs> Like, if whatever a sound effect happens in one of our backgrounds, we yeah, have to yeah. fold it into the story. It's, yeah, it's like improv. Season two rules. Uh, the crew <laughs> stared at each other in disbelief. They were now five down and were on the ropes. They had lost Ellie in their opening round. Who knew if Lionel and Stoker were even alive anymore? And Dutz and Mookie had chosen not to fight. And now Heath was dead. And that made six. Ludwig screamed in anger and threw everything he had in his pockets at the space where the Technomancer had been. <laughs> Grenades, scrap metal, a yo-yo, a ticket stub from his utterly regretful trip to see Requiem for a Dream the Musical. <laughs> oh my what? god. You almost have to go see that. <laughs> but the wraith was gone in an instant and suddenly appeared behind Ludwig, pulling him up by two of his remaining tentacles. His gauntlet started to crackle with electricity. I just wanted two things, to rule the Omniverse and to be a part of your gang but you're all against me. (laughs) I got you, buddy. Tabor slivered to him as fast as he could, coating Ludwig with his own black body and insulating him against the massive electrical discharge, which sent the two of them flying to the ground with a sickening thump ten feet away where they lay still and unmoving. Without a word, Grissom took off his pistols, his bandolier, his coat, then placed his hat on the ground. He, He charged hitting the demon with a hell of a one-two combo that would have gotten him some sort of eventual grill endorsement on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Jordan Foreman. That's such a smart joke. (laughs) It took me a second. I was like, wait, what? He followed up with a kick to the guts, which made the Technomancer double up in pain, and then put the bastard in a headlock with a knee in his back, pulling with all his might as he tried to wrench his head clean off. I've been waiting a long time for this. You killed my people. You scattered what was left of the wind. And then you hunted the rest of us our whole lives. The Technomancer smiled. Yeah, I did. But I did it with such style and elan. (laughs) Get him, Malcolm. Malcolm looked up from licking his imaginary butthole and shrugged. (laughs) 
dude, come on. I can't you see I'm busy here? <laughs> He's sucking his butthole. You've absolutely lost it, Grissom said. The, techno- <laughs> the technomancer tensed and the sickening sounds like like knives going into a bounty hunter cowboy badass Duke of Lead's torso could be heard. <laughs> so evocative. Pinnacle of writing. The, James Joyce is crying. <laughs> the armour on the Technomancer's back shifted into points that pierced Grissom all over. He fell to the floor, gasping for breath from lungs that wouldn't inflate, feeling a sensation like icy water filling his chest. Grissom tired, tried to grab the Technomancer's cloak with shaking fingers, but he pulled it away with a flourish and twirled it around his shoulders. He lifted Graves and brought his hand back, ready to deliver one final stab. Lost. I've won, Graves. What can snatch victory from me now? What random happenstance could interrupt my plans? <laughs> Your efforts were fruitless. A large rotten tomato flew from the tree line and splattered against the technomancer's, technomancer's chrome visage, followed by a barrage of turnips, potatoes and some stink berries. That, de- <laughs> that despite their unfortunate name were pretty good in your mother's pie just like all the frat boy schlong in a three mile radius <laughs> oh my god <laughs> get it that's boys so smart I can't even fucking uh, I can't it's a pie joke about a radius <laughs> holy shit uh Get him, boys! Chudley shouted as he, Stoker and Lionel stood at the tree line at the head of the entirety of the skeletal armies of Sagtit. Sagtit! <laughs> Our heroes, Sagtit. <laughs> they had all turned out to fight the Technomancer, except for Larry Burbage, who had to pick his son up from Undead Little League, but promised he'd be there next time. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Larry Burbage. They hit the Technomancer in waves, charging out of the tree lines and making him drop Grissom to the floor. Picking his friend up, Lionel rushed him over to the others, giving the wounded a quick survey and panicking. I'm sorry, it it took a while to get the reinforcements. Tamia threw her arms around him. I'm so glad you're okay, she whispered. Stoker was going toe to weird giant insect leg with the Technomancer, (laughs) trading blow for blow. Stoker was damaging him, denting his metallic frame until the undead thing's cloaked wrapped around Stoker and pulled him away to join the other crew. Damn you, sheet of rapping, he yelled. (laughs) (laughs) Chudley, why? The technomancer said, hurt, as he skewered two skeletal extrals and took a hit on the head from a mop. You banish me to live in an outhouse, you sociopath, Chudley (laughs) yelled, clocking his former master around the head with an old cleaning bucket. We're all so sick of your mood swings and your endless whistling and making us watch your goddamn moonwalking attempts. You're never going to get it. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Holy fuck. The technomancer fell to the floor, his head in his hands as the X-Rolls dogpiled him. All I wanted was acceptance. I mean, that and the entire Omniverse under my heel, obviously. And you all spurned me. <laughs> He threw them off in a wave of anger and raised glowing hands. I'll raise my entire army of the dead to destroy you all. As he lifted his arms, thousands of his dead thralls rose from the ground, too many to even count. There was Stinky Bob and Gelden Highwind, the Elf of a Thousand Blades, and Shelley, the Tavern Wench, and One-Eared Doug, and little Timmy Blackcrest's friend who died in the mines all those episodes ago. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, you remember that? That, that child slaughtering that I did that felt like a while ago, huh? 
Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even give him a name, you monster. <laughs> You'll rue the day I ever raised you. Oh, wait. Why raise you all when I can just do this? He clicked his fingers, and all the thralls, obedient and rebel, lost their luster and returned to the earth from whence they came, their life force ebbing from them. Oh, fiddle fart, said Chudley. <laughs> As a xylophone sounded a descending scale, <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he fell to the pile, floor in a pile of dusty bones that were swallowed by the ground. <laughs> he fucking oh, sh- dry bones. <laughs> Oh, shit, I should have seen that coming, I suppose, Lionel muttered and unholstered the pistols that once belonged to M.F. Graves. He ran at the Technomancer, shooting at his eyes as he did and screaming obscenities too harsh to print, worse than the C-word, even worse than Duxon. Oh, Oh, my my God. God. I'm going to have to bleep that. No wonder you couldn't print it. (laughs) The Technomancer grabbed his eyes as uh, grabbed his face as his eyes bled, muttering something about having to book an eye test now. <laughs> as soon as <laughs> As soon as Lionel ran out of charges, the Technomancer pounced, pinning Lionel to the floor by the throat and dripping a dull green drool from his mouth as he spoke. I've been looking forward to killing you most of all, you worthless little speck, he hissed. <laughs> Hijoki looked round from his position on Tamiya's hand, the only one that was still in any good shape. She was bad the concussion making her awake but in no way lucid. Blotch still struggled from, from, with stemming her leak, and Heath was deactivated. Stoker was trying to free himself from the cloak. Grissom was dying slowly, his low lungs punctured, and Tabor and Ludwig were unconscious in the tree line where they had landed. This was it. Hijoki kissed Tamiya on the head. You were the best thing that ever happened to me, kid. A blue-faced Lionel reached round with his hands for something to use as a weapon, only to find the Technomancer's towel. He grabbed it and flicked his attacker in the happy sack with the best towel whip the Omniverse had ever produced. (laughs) The hero has arrived. (laughs) Oh, God, I felt it. It pierced the air like a fart at a funeral and made everyone surrounding them wince in empathy. With a squeal reserved for baby birds calling for their mother, the Technomancer shrank back in agony. Hey, man, you sculpted junk for yourself. You get everything that goes with it, Lionel smirked. (laughs) The good and the bad. The crouching technomancer shakily drew his hand back and set it aflame with an ethereal black fire. I'll burn you to ashes and use you to feed the stinkiest weeds in all of Ithia. And then I'll pull you out by the roots and burn and smoke you. The dankiest weeds. <laughs> Every iota of life you have will cease, and I'll win. Lionel closed his eyes as the technomancer. <coughs> sorry, as the technomancer released the flame ball at him, but suddenly Hijoki was there. The blast hit him dead on. Hijoki burning as he intercepted the shot meant for his friend. He was incinerated in an instant, which felt to Lionel like slow motion and his remains fell in scraps of cotton and button eyes to the dusty floor. The last lord of the photonic blades fell silent with a smile, knowing he had saved his friend. No, Tamiya whispered, and jumped at the technomancer, raining slashes from the katana down on him. Lionel was there too, blinking tears as he kept on towel-whipping the technomancer's swollen privates. (laughs) (laughs) This is the second story with ball pain in it as well. The Technomancer grabbed them both, pushing them away before Stoker pulled a dead tree from the ground and flew straight at the wraith. As the tree trunk splintered and ran the Technomancer straight through, 
He reached for Stoker and pulled, severing the giant's wings and sending him to the floor in agony. Phasing back through the tree, completely undamaged, he raised his grinning face to the sky. Do you see, Malcolm? I am inexorable, predestined, fated. You're sure showing them good, buddy, (laughs) Malcolm said. (laughs) Oh my God. Peeing up against the discarded tree trunk. Damn it. Damn other imaginary dogs trying to mark my territory. (laughs) (laughs) Narrating this. The sky above crackled loudly with static and turned orange as Tabor and Ludwig began to stir. Small holes appeared in the sky, dead atmosphere. It's, sorry, small holes appeared in the grey, dead atmosphere and Tabor nudged the struggling Grissom. Fucking knew it, he said. (laughs) Hundreds of portals popped open and deposited thousands of Dutes, thousands of Lynels, thousands of Grissoms, the rest of their reinforcements. There was a cyborg heath with thick bottle-rimmed glasses, a transgender blue-skinned alien Lynel, a giant Grissom made of orange rock... A Tamiya who had robotic slicing arms, a Tabor made of stretchy taffy, a wind up toy Ludwig, a giant (laughs) mech blotch with a tiny frog pilot inside, and for some reason, a dinosaur in sunglasses and a leather jacket. (laughs) Fuck yeah! (laughs) There were so many of them, infinite possibilities, infinite variations, all united with one thing in mind stopping the Technomancer. He clicked his fingers again to raise his armies, skeletal arms forcing themselves from the dirt with renewed vigour and stench. His rage was such that even the Titsag members were now under his spell again. The mm. two forces held fast, eyeing the other up for what felt like an eternity, before they started marching, then jogging, then running full pelt at each other. The sound <laughs> when they smashed together around them was like nothing any universe had ever heard. <clears throat> Mookie flew down from a portal, scanning the battlefield for someone they knew. They landed and picked Lionel up off the floor with relief at his pounding heart. The first thing Lionel did was fall into his friend's arms, crying. Mookie, it's Heath and her jokey. They're gone. Mookie looked over to Tamia in shock as she stood dusting herself off and wiping blood from her blade. I'm not okay. Don't ask. He took my father and my friend from me. I want to take everything in return. She ignited the blade, casting a furious face in red. Dutes appeared next to Tamiya. I'm sorry it took us so long. We thought the best way to fight fire was with an equally sized but diametrically opposite fire. (laughs) She gestured to all the other shining Dutes around them. It's not just that, Dutes, Lionel said. Proximity to you guys makes him weaker. He's still badly ill from absorbing Ellie. Dutes looked at Mookie. That was it. Her reason for being here. Her very reason to exist. She turned and watched as all the other dukes gained the same idea and stared at her in recognition and agreement, as if someone had suddenly pushed a switch in their brains. Mookie was slower on the uptake, but realised what they meant. They looked up to try and talk her out of it, but the multitude of dukes were already charging towards their target. As dukes played Born to Run on her keytar, (laughs) she hopped on one of the notes, riding it towards the Technomancer. The other variants hopped aboard the trailing notes like cavalry as one and followed Dutes to battle. Blotch stood and released her hand. Finally, the acid had stopped flowing from her shell and sealed around the cudgel, which she had used to stem the flow. She now had a badass cudgel as her hand, pleased, yes! pleased by how many people that would make piss their pants at the sight of her. 
<laughs> she looked down at herself. She had lost a lot of her internal mass and was now uncomfortably skinnier than she was. She resolved when this was done that she would drink and eat until she was back to full blotchness. <laughs> God's lass, it be good to see you. A voice came from behind, green arms wrapping around her waist before she knew what was happening. Green, wet, warty arms. <clears throat> she turned around to find Barthor staring up at her, crying. How? was all she could muster. I could ask the same lass, he replied with a smile. Mate, my blotch died with Hallie before we left Ithia. I've been a mess without you, kid. Blotch and Barthor turned to throw a synchronised punch at an advancing thrall as it jumped at them. Finish this later. we got scumbags to re-kill. Yeah! Grissom and Ludwig joined Tamia, Mookie and Lionel, Graves wearing Tabor as a vest that was holding his insides together. They were a blur of movement amongst their omniverse peers, putting down the dead with a fury that they had been holding back for as long as they could remember. But the Dutes variants were already in the clearing, standing in front of the Technomancer. You think you can take me, he sneered. I am all. Everything evil at the end of everything. Dutes smiled. She was so at peace, the most serene and at ease she had ever felt. This was it. He was beaten. She had seen the scene in her mind the moment Lionel had revealed his nugget of information to her, and now Dutes' other self were there with her. It felt more real than ever. We know, she whispered. Go. The hundreds of Dutes variants attacked, ducking under the Technomancer's flailing and rushing into him one by one as they try- he tried in vain to stop them. Each one disappeared as they joined with him, blinking the final light as they did. The Technomancer mm. struggled, coughing thick bile and falling down to one knee as each took a fraction of his power back from him. And as he was stripped away, his thralls lost in energy and wandered away back into the forest, looking to reclaim their old lives. In the crowd, Chudley suddenly woke up, shook his head and walked away, his fist in the air breakfast club style. (laughs) (laughs) Then, after only a few minutes... Our Dutes and the Technomancer were the only ones left in the clearing, surrounded by the crew and their exhausted variants. I... I just wanted to be accepted. Why is that so hard for you to all understand? The Technomancer sneered as he stood on shaking legs, bleeding from his mouth and eyes. I want to be one of you. You're not capable of being one of us, of having a personality, a soul, Dutes smiled. You're like one of those people who make death metal music or soap operas their whole personality. You've... Wait, wait, wait. wait. You've... Quite a variation in these two <laughs> I got whiplash from that. You've just picked despair as your reason to live. These people, Those people are unhappy vessels, desperately pouring whatever they can into the temporary hole in their beings. But mm. you're even worse, because at least they have glimpses of happiness or can change. You're just a worthless prick who was born worthless at the start of the entire Omniverse, and you'll die worthless when the Omniverse dies. You're literally nothing, and nature abhors a vacuum. The Technomancer stumbled back, clutching his heart. He looked over at Malcolm, who just shook his head at him in disgust and shrugged. (laughs) He lunged at Dutes, weakened and crying. You think I'll let you in? I'd rather exist as a weakened puddle of my former self than be nothing. Mookie stepped forward and put her forelegs to the Technomancer's face. Let me show you your future. She poured everything she could, a vision of a world without the Technomancer, 
where people could continue to live and love how they saw fit, without fear and doubt, every piece of hope for the future she had, burning her powers away and cauterizing them. The Technomancer saw a million universes growing beyond their potential, and him finally at peace. No despair, no rage, no want. He fell to his knees and looked up at Dutes with tears in his eyes. Please, do it. Free me. Dutes grabbed Mookie and kissed them. I'll always love you, she whispered, then looked back at her friends. All of you. She walked towards the Technomancer, who looked up at her like a child seeking comfort. Dutes looked back one last time at Mookie. I'll find you next time around. On the day you die, I'll be the bright light at the end waiting for you. She stepped into the Technomancer with a flash of light, and after a convulsion, he fell to the floor with a smile on his chrome mouth, and was still. Mookie didn't even try and blink back their tears and turned to Grissom. We need Heath. The process was simple, and the Technomancer's program was transferred into the deactivated Heath swiftly. He woke, sitting up with a start. Did I miss something? He twitched. Mm -hmm. Ah, I see I did. You cancelled his powers out. Used Dutes to render him a balanced equation. Very clever. Grissom smiled. What else can fight all the sorrow in the universe but all the hope? He patted Mookie on the shoulder, and they reached up to grab Grissom's hand. It's what she was meant for, Mookie sniffed. I have them both in me now. Was the only way, dear boy. You were far too gone, and we needed something strong to contain them. Ludwig put a hand on Heath's shoulder as Tabor helped him to his feet. I understand, Heath considered. I feel unending hope and crushing sorrow. Makes sense, Tabor said low. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) before clearing his throat, he gestured to the thousands of variants behind them, all simultaneously mourning the losses of their own dutes and celebrating the victory over the Technomancer. We uh, need to send these guys home. We haven't got the room on the Swift Feather and I don't want to meet my variants. I feel like we wouldn't get on. (laughs) (laughs) If I know all those blotches, we're going to need more beer than this whole reality has, Blotch chuckled. (laughs) To the beer universe! (laughs) (laughs) What what do we do? Lionel asked, unsure. Where do we go now? Tamiya slipped the hand that usually sat inside Hajoki into Lionel's. It smelled pretty bad but Lionel was gentleman enough not to point that out and squeezed it back. (laughs) Wherever we want, Lionel, she smiled. Seven years later. What? Lionel sat... This is Harry Potter. Lionel sat... Hey, I thought you were doing the epilogue next episode. (laughs) Yeah, the epipen is next week. Shut up. Lionel sat on the grassy bank as the sun rose over the horizon and highlighted the lines around his eyes. He sighed deeply. To be continued. Oh my god! Oh. He teased us with the EpiPen! Oh, I see how it works. Okay, 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 okay. Well, First they, of all, they figured out a way around the destroy the Technomancer, destroy existence thing. Mm-hmm. That's fucking genius. Yeah. Thank you. Second of all, I, I don't want to go after that. <laughs> uh, they could have put him in jail, but whatever. <laughs> he can phase through a tree that's in his in his insides, so I don't think the prison is going to hold him. He'd just make the armor be like his, or the metal bars be his armor. And shit. <laughs> nah, put him in the McDonald's ball pit. You can't get out of that shit, <laughs> dude. <sighs> He's he had gone. A weird childhood. 
Look, people <laughs> doo-doo in there. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Not just doo-doo. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was amazing. That was a yeah. perfectly fitting ending for everything that came before. I'm proud of you for sticking the landing. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm gonna miss them. I mean, I know we get one more week of yeah, just good shit. Probably, oh yeah, have you unless... said on the show that the that the where these characters are going after this? Oh, I'm never telling a story with them again. They're, yeah, they're done. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna pretend you didn't say how that. How are we gonna merchandise them? Well, Rich, we have seven hundred thousand blotch <laughs> plushies ready to ship. <laughs> well, uh, there might be other versions of these characters, but there will never be these characters. I don't. I don't you're, think you're a sick fuck, Rich. But they'll get. They'll be How fun. Look they'll, at all the characters you fun. killed in this one, you piece of shit. This is the most British thing I've ever fucking heard from you, and like you're really British. Sorry. Can't can't have season two be the same as season one. <laughs> well, we'll only be six episodes long, so I've probably done uh, like four seasons of a British yeah, show. That's true. And, and six episodes, and two of them are Christmas episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so Hajoki and Dutes gone. Sorry, oh. everyone. You fucking British shit. I was I was more sad about killing Hajoki than I was about killing Dutes because I always planned on killing Dutes because it makes sense for the where the story yeah, was going, make right? Sense. You got used to um, it. Yeah. So it was already done in my head. But when I killed Hajoki, I was kind of like, oh man, is this the right thing to do? And then I was, I was like, yeah, I probably should. Yeah, that that's what a psychopath thinks. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with the, it. The Technomancer isn't gone. He's rich. The Technomancer technically isn't dead. He's still inside Heath. But so is Dudes. What? So is Dudes, technically. Yeah. So Dudes isn't Dudes dead is, either. That's that's we, true. That's true. We all have a Dudes and a Technomancer in us. Yeah. That's um, what Luke Skywalker said. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing um, I, there, I think. I was, I was also really sad to kill off the Technomancer because he's become quite a fave of mine yeah, since he gone, since he's he great. went mad. Yes, yeah. since he's he went nuts, cooler. that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I love the dog especially. Yeah, yeah. I, I love how he made his his, his own dick <laughs> to have such power. You know, does a bad the, one. Does the imaginary dog still exist? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, who we'll, knows. Uh, Will Heath see the dog? Who knows? <laughs> Who Maybe knows? we'll find out next week. Maybe. <laughs> Let's hope the prompt is imaginary dogs. <laughs> imaginary dogs <laughs> and cheese whiz. Do you know what? Uh, maybe I'll put Malcolm in every series we do. <laughs> He's like those like uh, those books with the little like the mice that are in the corner. Yeah. What are those books? I can't remember. They like the kid is always getting yelled at about shit. <laughs> Real Make life. Bed. Clean your yeah. <laughs> there's, always a, there's always rats in the corner, and the kids always getting yelled yeah. at. Yeah, like my real life. <laughs> like 1990 to 2003. <laughs> no, uh, Rich, that was fucking awesome. Good. I'm glad you liked it. It was exhausting. <laughs> yeah, that was a long. Oh, murder has to be rough. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hopefully you don't go full like Heath Ledger and start doing drugs with the Olsen twins after becoming the Technomancer. So no, f- no, fully. I'll, I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always I always love the idea that like Heath Ledger went crazy from being the Joker when he did like three other movies before he yeah. died. Yeah. <laughs> he also was a crazy dragon hunter. No, that wasn't a he wasn't in drag that dragon film, was he? No. He was just a knight, wasn't he? That was no, way he before. Was, <laughs> yeah, he No, he only did that one movie, that Imaginarium. He was oh, in uh, yeah. of Doctor Parnassus. Parnassus. He was in um, shows, not TV shows, like uh, stage shows. Oh, okay. You have to be full blown insane to do stage work. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's more insane than than a theater kid. The guy who played Wolverine, whose name I can't remember. Right oh, now. Huge, huge act man. Huge <laughs> act man. Yeah. <laughs> Almost as insane as Rich with his fucking bloodlust. Yeah. Yeah. How can I, I, I ever trust? Out. <laughs> How can I ever trust and like a character that you make again, knowing the bloodlust that lives in your heart? I mean, you, but you're a fool to think you can. You can't. Barthor came back. It's a different version of Barthor, That's true. but he is back. There's, a, yeah, like, they got there's an infinite a number of people. Like at least there's also an infinite number of people who are exactly like the blotch that was lost. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Exactly. And there's uh, an infinite number of jokies out there, just not the one we know. Yeah. Then why does anything matter, Rich? Well, it doesn't. It doesn't. Nothing matters. It's just the night. <laughs> That's why we this is, don't That's why we do this show. Don't get a nihilist to tell a story. <laughs> 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 Nothing matters. We're yeah, all just a, a roll of a dice. Do whatever you want. No one cares. <laughs> On that pleasant note, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with our last story of the evening. Born with the knowledge of a heart of a lion, they're going to have a hard time to define and define this. Welcome back for part three. Uh, some say the best part. Mm, Better be. I wouldn't. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> two, God. Thirds, two thirds of this podcast are proclaiming it the best part. So it's got a lot to live up to. Over Living to you, Josh. <laughs> oh, fuck, okay. My story this week uh, of towels and outhouses is called <laughs> Don't Ask for Whom the Towel Drops. It Drops for Thee. <laughs> 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, no notes on that. See you next week, everybody, when the final episode. <laughs> All right, let's get this over with, Reese said as he looked ugly up and down. Well, you don't look so rough, so that's a good start, he said, patting her, feeling for any broken bones or curses or whatever. What? What? How? Where? Ugla struggled to form the thought as she shooed Reese's hands away from her. <laughs> <laughs> what? How? Where? <laughs> Reese's cackled. This isn't Nick News W five starring Linda Ellaby, my dear. Spit out. <laughs> I don't even think Rich knows what that is. I don't. It's do. a Nickelodeon show. Right. In America, where we have freedom. 
Squibs slowly looked out from behind Ugla's robe and caught Reese's eye. Oh, oh, a sidekick. Good, good. Mm -mm, He said, holding out a hand for Squib to shake. (laughs) He declined and went back to hiding behind Ugla's leg. Fig Newton, Reese's asked as he held out a fig cookie. (laughs) They say these things have wasps in them, but if eating wasp butts is wrong, I sure as hell don't want to be right. (laughs) (laughs) What is this place? Ugla finally shouted. Sandals reformed back into a cat and sat airplane ears on her shoulder. Now that's a coherent question I can answer, Reese said, spitting out wasp butts and crumbs out of his gross ma- old man mouth. <laughs> this is the inlet of F. Dolmore, or the inlet of E.D. for short. <laughs> it is where wizards go when they die. Wait. We're dead? <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Well, no and yes, Reese said, picking wasp butts out of his teeth. You see, as wizards, we are granted certain perks, one of which is no wizard ever dies the first time they, well, die. What? Ugly shouted, leaning down now. What are you talking about? That is stupid as fuck, and I don't remember anyone ever telling me this. This is something I think I'd remember. You should really read the fine print on your magical diploma, my dear. (laughs) Reese said as he patted her condescendingly. As you well know, being a wizard, we are charged with mystical oversight and the arcane nurturing of this realm. Being that that is the case, we are afforded some do-overs, or magic mulligans, or malulligans, as it were. (laughs) Malulligans. Shit, I have about 69 different lethal alchemical compounds sitting next to my tea kettle at home that'd make your mama say, boys, don't touch mama's special elixirs because they're for your father and it is laden with arsenic, which I am feeding him slowly to make it look like an accidental death so we can move to crawl and start our new lives as circus folk. (laughs) We deal in dangerous shit and we need to... And we need to be a. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> we deal in dangerous shit. <laughs> and we need to uh, learn from our mistakes. That can't happen if the first time you fight a dragon or you actually die, or the first time you muck up a teleport spell, you accidentally chop off your head. So we are dead, Ugly <laughs> asked again. Well, not really. Like I said, we get certain perks. This place is like a resort for magical beings. You're very much physical here and not dead, per se, but you are displaced from time. When you wish to return, you may return to the time of your death at any location you wish in the realm you originated from. Okay, I want to leave, Uncle said firmly. (laughs) You can't, Reese said firmlier. Come, come, you have to relax. This place has crazy good sushi and the bar is free. All inclusive. Oh, look, it's Satan. Hi, Satan. (laughs) Enjoying the beach today? Reese's yelled down the beach toward a red, unfathomably evil, cloven-hoofed dark lord of (laughs) all-knowing. Reese's my friend. Yes, I am working on my tan. I hope I don't get to... Red. <laughs> Hands Both. up who in the audience is surprised that Reese's is friends with Satan. Dude, you'd <laughs> want to be friends with Satan. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> Both he and Reese's laughed heartily. That that guy is the best killer partier, Reese's whispered <laughs> to Ugla. 
Now come, let us talk more back into my condo. Meanwhile, in Grawl. Uh, attention, attention, Joey Pizza said into the all here mic. As your new mayor, I hereby declare this day, July 420th of the 69th era, <laughs> Grawl officially free. Orcs and skelemen and gnomes and dwarves and ant dudes and anyone else I ever wrote about began to <laughs> shout and cheer in triumph. Their new mayor, Mayor Joey Pizza, had handed out free pizza and root beer for this Independence Day event, uh, and people generally go fucking nuts for free pizza. I voted but for But free him. pizza and root beer? <laughs> if Crawl wasn't already a shithole, this place would be like Philly circa February 2017. Go birds, Nick Foles is God, eat horse shit every day. <laughs> Amen. I promise, Joey went on, as your mayor, I will be just the right amount of corrupt in order to get things done, but also not so corrupt that it's all up in your face and makes you feel icky, and then we have to come back here and have another riot and burn more bodies like we're doing today right now with the paladins of Daranos. Joey gestured his hand in a waving motion to the side where a pile of bodies were burning alive inside of their golden armor. <laughs> For the love of God, just kill us! One of the burning paladins screamed <laughs> as he was wearing flame-resistant armor and oh. instead of killing him, the fire was just making him really, really uncomfortably hot. <laughs> Deserved. <laughs> Fucking <Yep>. paladins. <laughs> Found another one, an orc from the crowd said as he dragged a beleaguered paladin by his left foot down the street toward the angry root beer drunk mob. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do a burnout on his face, Chickpea yelled as she held up a stein of fresh root juice. She clinked her glass with peppercorn, and they both saluted the paladin sarcastically. Now that seems a bit excessive for a punish, the paladin began, but it was too late. The orc was already revving his boner cycle and doing a fucking long-ass, sick-as-fuck burnout on the paladin's face, tearing all the flesh almost immediately like putting a crayon into a tea light. Oh... <laughs> the crowd roared as the now defaced paladin sat up inside. Great. Now, Muskeleman, how am I going to get to work now? Nobody will hire a paladin with no face. Maybe I can do kids' parties as Ghost Rider? Do kids like that character? Is he getting a new film soon again? <laughs> the skeleton thought as blood dripped down his white fleshless face as he tapped his finger against his bare bone chin. <laughs> A job for a skelly man in this economy? <laughs> <laughs> you can always get into barding, Gary said, as he flamboyantly strummed a lute oh, around the skelly man making bard noises. la da la da la da he sang. <laughs> what is it with this skeleton? Chickpea leaned down off the top of the bone van to ask Sid, who was sipping a stein of root beer quietly. Uh, I don't know. He's calling it a rebranding, but like, I don't know what his brand was before this. So to me, he just decided he wanted to be a bard, which is fine, but he sucks major dicks at singing. <laughs> Chickpea laughed. Hey, Gary. Yes, my dearest gnomish queen, Gary said with a bow. Play the Grawl National Anthem, she said, flipping him a coin. 
With pleasure, Gary said as he began to sing. Take me down to the parasite city where the weed is green and the orcs have titties. Oh, won't you please let me bone Uh, At this, the crowd went totally wild, like that scene in Can't Hardly Wait when the kid from Hook gets cool because he drinks and does drugs. Which is, by the way, the fastest way to get cool in high school. Trust me, I was prom king. He does seem like an expert, folks. I would listen to him. Trust him. No notes. No notes. Just do drugs. Sid took another sip of rooted beer and looked over toward Gunk, who was sitting on the street holding Duncan's famous magical gun. <laughs> I don't know if I called it that before. Ah, shit, let's get this over with, Sid said as he slammed the rest of his root beer and headed over toward Gunk. How are you holding up? No, that's dumb, Sid said to himself. How uh, are things? No, that's fucking idiotic. I'm bad at this, Gunk. <laughs> you don't say, Gunk replied, not looking up. He could almost still feel Duncan's warmth on the ivory handle of the pistol. He saw some grit on the trigger guard that must have been from Duncan's hand. Maybe some grease from the bone van, or just some grit that naturally gathers around a tool that is used often. Was this all that was left of his friend? His best friend? Reduced to a stain on a piece of metal? Filth to be polished away and forgotten about? Some things never change, Gunk said to himself. Look, Sid said, sitting next to him. Ah, I'm sorry about Duncan. And I want you to know I'm not trying to replace him. I'm not even sure what I'm supposed to do. Lead a gang? I'm a loner, Gunky. A rebel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your kindness. I love, no, I love a Pee-wee reference. <laughs> Gunk fingered the grid on the trigger uh, guard, rubbing it off into his own hand. And there it was. Gone. Aww. Duncan was gone. Forever. Just like that, his best friend was truly no more. I'll save you the trouble, Sid, Gunk said, standing up, fully erect as he reached Sid eye to eye. And also when he stood up, hey <laughs> That story, Lord, ladies and gentlemen, see you next season. <laughs> Wait, we have one more episode? Well, shit. <laughs> I'm leaving the flamingos, Gunk said firmly as he reached out with his right hand. Sid looked down at it and began to go for the handshake, but Gunk just scoffed. Give me the keys to the bone van, Gunk demanded. Oh, yeah, sure, Sid said, relinquishing the keys. Gunk placed the magical revolver inside of his breast pocket of his coat and turned his back on Sid. Sid felt bad? Was this what people felt when they were, what's the word? Responsible for the death of someone? <laughs> Ew. This was gross, and Sid did not like it. <laughs> hey, Gunk, Sid finally managed to get out. If, if you need us, Sid tossed Gunk a silver coin emblazoned with the Thief Guild logo. Gunk looked down at the shining silver, running his finger over the hooded skull figure on it, uh, on its face. I won't, Gunk said as he dropped the coin. Oh, it didn't make oh. a sound as it hit the stone street. Sid sat there with the... Same stones, same stones for a long, long time. Cut to Ethmodor, no more. <laughs> Why the fuck can't we leave? Ugly <laughs> demanded to know. <laughs> Luck, Racy said as he held up an all-sea ball. 
signed by Bod Ruth himself. <laughs> Had to find a giant dog for it while my friends built all kinds of wacky contraptions to get it back from the dog when we used it as a baseball one summer. Crazy times. Huglas <laughs> sighed. Squib was sitting in a high chair next to her, eating cheese off of a magical cutting board that just kept replacing the pieces of cheese after every oh bite. Oh my god. <laughs> this, this stuff is great, he said with a full mouth. Where does it come from? Cow's tits, Reese said excitedly. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> should have known, Squib said as he closely examined his next piece of cheese. Reese's! Uglas shouted, trying to get his attention, like a mother who would try to get the attention of her child with undiagnosed ADHD. Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> you told me to go on this quest. You told me to seek out the Lady of the Lake. You told me to keep going until I find answers. Now you want me to sit here and listen to you talk about cow ticks? tits and fucking summer with your 12 year old friends in some imaginary place that you probably just made up because you're fucking insane oh it finally hit Ugla <laughs> you're, you're insane she slumped down into her chair next to Squib who was still eating yes yes I'm insane blah 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 blah, blah Reese said <laughs> look he moved uh, to sit next to Ugla there are things I can't explain because I don't have the answers yet Ugla shook her head and closed her eyes. It's possible I told you to do these things. This version of me has no memory of that. Maybe because it hasn't happened for me yet. Or maybe I simply forgot. <laughs> yes, because you're insane, Ugla screamed. Reese's calmly set the ball down on the table. In order to preserve the realm, I had to do the one thing wizards are not supposed to do, he said calmly. Ugla looked up slightly. Make a never-ending cheese buffet that would cause an elephant to have hard shits for the rest of his life? She said with a smile. No, he said seriously. I had to ensure that when the time came, when I was needed, I had to be there. But where is there? When is there? How could I be there when there is a when that maybe I haven't wind or thereed yet? I'm old, Ugla. Very old. As far as I know... A wizard of my ability has no expiration date. So, with that in mind, I assumed that whatever I needed to be at a certain point, I could just create a time paradox and duplicate myself and place myself in the key moments of history. That seems like a fucking terrible idea, yeah. I said. <laughs> Nah, time's a sturdy bitch, Reese said, patting his <laughs> hand on the table. She can take a lot of weird shit and keep pretty much intact. So the me that's told you to do those things probably had their reason. It's possible that a version of me told you to go find this cat sword, but that version of me is older, uh, is an older me going back before this me, which, like I said, is sort of a hyperbaric time chamber with you right now. <laughs> If I was smart, I should have realized that I could just wait for you here upon your first death and give you the answers you needed, which I assume is what I did do and why I'm here right now telling you this stuff. Way to go, me, Reese said, patting himself <laughs> on the head. makes perfect sense. <laughs> now come. Now come to the sauna. <laughs> Don't bring the cheese. Don't bring the cheese. Don't bring the cheese. 
Outside, Ugly Squib and Reese stood in towels in front of an outhouse. <laughs> ding! Ding! <laughs> this is an outhouse, Reese's, Ugly said, eyeing him. <laughs> Open her up, squibbly old boy, Reese shouted. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, but I don't think I'm gonna shit for a month, Squib said, holding his stomach. As he opened the door of the outhouse, the aroma of lavender and incense and soothing oils hit their noses. Inside, they could see a lavish sauna that was full of candles and masseurs, and probably some of them did hand stuff, too, if you know how to ask politely. (laughs) I'm assuming. I mean, I never did that, but... (laughs) Come, wizards, disrobe, Reese shouted as he let his towel drop, displaying just how wrinkly and white an infinitely old master wizard with several bizarre fetishes and mental problems could be. So weird. <laughs> this is hitting all my hot spots, is all I'm saying. Why have you done exactly the same scene as me? <laughs> it's, it's weird, right? Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be leaving mine on, Ugly said as she sat on the cedar bench. As she sat down, flute music started to fill the air as pixies floated around her, spraying her with oils and holy healing salves. Oh. Oh my, she said as she breathed in the healing scents. Not even Reese's trying to scrape his old balls off the cedar bench across from her bothered her. (laughs) This place was heaven. Squib sat in his little towel across from an ancient stag wizard. He was above seven feet tall and snorted steam out of his nose as he too was relaxing in the sauna. Feeling Squib's eyes on him, he opened one eye slightly. Squib did that thing where you look away really quickly, like you were just moving your head. But we know, both know I wasn't. I was staring. <laughs> I was staring. <laughs> the stag wizard then removed his towel to display the biggest set of dicks Squib had ever seen. They were bigger than Squib. Oh, dear, Squib said with a gulp. Because he's a stag. Yep. 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 <laughs> After a long eight-armed massage from Desitrix, the emboldened ruler of the ninth plane of Eldritch Lords, Ugla found herself alone on the beach. The moons hung in the sky, separated at their most distant, allowing a small sliver of space to be seen uh, between them. Like when people have too big of implants and you can see their breastbone. But this was space. (laughs) (laughs) You paint a picture, Josh Henderson. (laughs) Just get to the point is what I say, you know what I mean? We don't need all these fancy words. <laughs> Sorry, motherfucker. <laughs> she sighed as she looked at it. She sighed as she looked at them. Reese's quietly waddled up behind her, careful not to be too insane. <laughs> I promise this is the path, young one, he said, drawing the moons in the sand. Then he drew nipples on them and giggles as he walked away back to his condo. Ugla shook her head but laughed. What the fuck? She said quietly. <laughs> Sid sat on the stone, the cold stones of the littered streets of Grawl and looked up at the separated moons. He sighed as he thought about how he hurt Gunk, how he hurt everyone. He hurt Ugla. He hurt himself. He probably hurt Flyman somehow since he was basically a walking sack of baby back, baby back bitch ribs. <laughs> no, no, he thought. He can't, he can't help it, but maybe I can. The moon shined a little brighter that night. Both heroes noticed. 
Maybe all wasn't lost. Till next week and the finale. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, I thought it was uh, incredibly poignant about the just all that sometimes left is like grime on the handle. Yeah. I think that's really, really clever. See, I and thought I was yeah. I was really kind of taken by uh, fly. No, Flyman can't help it, but maybe I can. That's what people yeah. should be telling themselves every day. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to think that way though, right? Yeah. I'm a Sid myself many times, so mm-hmm. I'm more of a <laughs> Flyman. Thousands. You're <laughs> I'm definitely a Gary. <laughs> You're always trying to rebrand. We have to change the name of the podcast. The whole thing. Fucking crazy. A shoehorning two prompts into one line was the funniest shit. I did. I lost it. I was crying. I didn't know what to do. I was like, whatever. I don't fucking. I literally missed one of them. I missed towels, and then I remembered you said it a second ago, and I had to ding (laughs) twice. I was like, oh my god, the bastard did it. (laughs) He did it. Son of a yeah. Uh. They were. they were prompts we had, that's for sure. Do you know what? That At this time... Sorry, guys, to peel behind the curtain a little bit. But at this point in the series, it's hard to it's develop a story with the prompt as a central theme, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, They've just kind of been like a quick joke for yeah. at least a week or two before this. Yeah. Which is cool, but like sometimes you want to do it where it is the thing, yeah, right? Yeah, but well, like, yeah. Which we did a lot to, to begin with. Yeah, yeah, frogs. Frogs was one of the ones that was actually like integral to the stories, yeah. even though how much we made fun of it. Socks, yeah. like mm-hmm. socks, is a character in two stories. Yeah. Yep. And that was the one, one that uh, I did the samurai story. Yeah, with. Yeah, exactly, and it was integral. The little mm-hmm. tabby, tabby. Is that what they're called? Uh, uh, tabby, T A B I. I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it either, no. to be honest with you. No. Um, but yeah, they're very hard to shoehorn in at the moment, which is, you know, a good time to start a new season, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess I kind of did like a <clears throat> prologue to the end. Mm. Like, you're going to do an epilogue, I did kind of a prologue. Yeah. Because well, diff- I have a story. It's but, different yeah. as well, though, because you're going to continue to do Daranos next season, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, not a sick not- fuck like you. So I gonna, agree with that. I'm going to keep the characters. I'm going to do a lot more lazy. standalone stuff next season, mm. I think. Yeah. I'm just too lazy to change. And it's impossible because I'm stubborn. Mm. <laughs> well, that's People are tuning into this podcast to hear about Darinos. <laughs> oh, great. Now I have to write about Gary and Reese's. You know what? I'm out. <laughs> oh, my God. Quit him before that he can be fired. That so quickly. <laughs> I don't want to change. I'm going to keep writing I'm these kidding. characters. Oh, well, people want you to. Well, fuck that! That's, <laughs> that's my brand, baby! Uh, Whiplash yeah, Henderson. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird that we did the both wearing towels, yeah. though. That's fucking With weird. With the penis jokes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sooner or later, we're going to need to do it. And people have asked for this as well, and we've joked about it before. We need to trade genres for mm-hmm. an episode. Yeah. April. I think that would be funny as hell. April Fool's episode. 
Yeah. We Jeff and I usually just put out an episode of blank space. That makes <laughs> the most efficient way. Oh man. That was really good. Thanks. I hope it's good next week. Woo! Grunk's poor cold despair was very hard to hear. Yeah, you gotta set up like more conflicts, right? Yeah. Like I figured that was be a good way to go. Yes. We'll see. I feel like you you had a little you've been infected by the technomancer that is Rich Masters because <laughs> you you introduced the flamingos and everybody loved them and you were like oh I have to take this from them yeah yeah that's what you gotta do you got you yeah, got you have to look I would gotta... never kill a character <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would man ne- lives that's all I know I would never kill my undead characters. <laughs> Uh, Only uh, Myrtle is undead. <laughs> if, she, if she arrives undead, I can't kill her because technically it's already happened. Yep, technicality uh, Jones. Although, also here. technically, I killed one of your characters. That's one true. Of my stories you killed a Halley. If Josh, if you want to kill a Halley as well, I mean, she exists in every universe and reality. She, she although I, I did kill the actual Halley Swift Feather from you the did. main universe. You did. You did. <laughs> From I made that universe. very clear in my store. <laughs> From our actual universe? There's so many fucking universes, guys. I can't keep up with this. <laughs> That's the thing about the Omniverse is, like, Josh and I have one universe each. My man yeah. Rich has infinity universes. Well, as long as you're at the resort place, there can be more. Because I'm, a, like, Satan's from our world. True. I had this whole thing where he was, like... Oh, I'm, I'm taking a break from Earth. My, my boss is killing me. He wants me to <laughs> stop fucking torturing people. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I love that guy. Fucking micromanager. <laughs> fucking Satan. <laughs> Praise oh, him. Oh, man. Three, him. three solid uh, stories this week, guys. As always, we're great. I don't want the t- I don't want your story to end. Mine? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded like you're not really sorry, but I, I'm going to pretend like you are. I, I always intended to do a one and done season with each season because I can't... If I continue yeah. it too long, I'm going to get bored of them, right? And they're all going to die and we're going to end up with this, like, Exiles-type thing where I'm just switching out every character bar yeah. two, right? And I just feel like people will get fucking sick and tired of me doing that because, like, I will kill a character at a drop of a hat. Um, well, my you... character is, uh, are as iconic as Bilbo and uh, Gandalf. <laughs> so you can't kill him. So I they can't really do that. Gamdol, my favorite Gamdol character. Gamdol and Frobo and Sammy. Gamdol and the <laughs> Sammy Gamby is in there. Look, Sammy Gamby is my favorite character. <laughs> and then the, what was the Blayrog? Blayrog. The Blayrog. <laughs> His bro, his cousin, <laughs> his half-wit cousin, the Blade. Sammy Gamby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like man. that quite a lot. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm never gonna like a new character of yours, Rich. I'm telling you right now, it's over. <laughs> we think that, but it's not. Gonna no, happen. I'm gonna fall for him. I'm I sure. mean, uh, I mean, it didn't take long for people to like Malcolm. <laughs> it's true. true. Malcolm was in two episodes. We loved him. <laughs> Um, like Stoker was only in the thing because I realised that Anthony Stoker, one of the patrons, 
um, had been a had been a top tier patron for a little while, so I put out a message and said, "Have I forgotten anyone?" Uh, because I've got like four episodes left, and Anthony was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I, I haven't. I don't think I've had one yet." And I was like, "It's going to be the best one. I've got to yeah, do Stoker it." Now. Rules. It's be, it's Stoker rules. Stoker was great. only no, in like four great. or five episodes, but he rules. Yeah. He stole the show, like for sure. Gave me another voice to do, so I'm always yeah. grateful for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed with your third voice. Thanks. <laughs> Slightly Russian Grissom at your service. <laughs> slightly Russian? I wouldn't call it slightly. Is that oh, okay. slightly Russian? I mean, I've never been to Russia. I don't think I'd pass as Russian. Well, I, there's people here who are Russian of, like, descent, and they don't talk like that. Oh, well, then maybe, maybe I'm not even doing that right. <laughs> no, they talk, they talk like, like, you know, sometimes they'll slip. I, I knew a girl in college who was... Her parents were from Russia, but I ne- she never spoke like, like she would say no. Russian things in Russian yeah. accent, but never like that. Sometimes <laughs> but... my, uh, I've got a friend, uh, my, well, it's not actually my friend, which is slightly uncomfortable. It's my friend's friend, and oh. they are, um, they pronounce our words really hard. That's how they you can bite, tell she's Russian. Into them. It's like almost like she's growling every time she says an R word. That's Russian for yeah. you. You guys just reminded me of the trend we, we were trying to get started on M class of saying Mama Mia with no accent whatsoever. <laughs> Mama, Mama Mia. Mama Mia. <laughs> Mama Mia. <laughs> Gotta bring that back. <laughs> I forgot about that. So. Put it on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma Mia in plain type on a white background. God, Paramount's gonna be all over. <laughs> yeah, us. no doubt. Like whoever owns the rights to Mamma Mia, the music. I think it's Paramount. It's probably Paramount. Right up our assholes. You can't put <laughs> words on a fucking shirt. What are you doing? Um, you can't put words on a shirt. <laughs> with you fuck. <laughs> How dare you? The king of words will be after you. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, with that, our 25th episode draws to a close. Yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, we're going to get bring out PromptBot for <laughs> for his second to last appearance of the season. I've tuned him up a bit. Let's see if he's working today. Crank him up. <laughs> like a full metal key. Okay. Uh, first prompt is... Echoes by John Future Leader Connor. Oh, nice. Nice. He's got the best name, man. And then prompt bot, if you will. Second prompt, please. Error. Oh, no. I love big dicks. What? (laughs) We already know that. Give us a prompt. (laughs) Here's the prompt. Fathers by Thomas, 4,000 meters squared of hard road, hardacre. Damn! <laughs> What's a meter? Three yards? Yeah. These nicknames are no. out of control. Is it a yard? Oh, yeah, three feet. A yard. Yeah. Three so feet. echoes and fathers. Fathers. Yeah. Fuck yeah. knows how to do the art for that one. Do any of my characters have a father? I don't think I know so. they will this time. <laughs> you draw my dad leaving me, and the echo of him saying "Later, loser." <laughs> <laughs> You re- this really just made me like John Connor. What, yeah. what is his yeah. actual name? John Connor. John, John Connor. Connor. Oh, yeah. this made me realize that none of my characters have a father. <laughs> oh wait, no, it was Thomas Hardacre who um, was fathers. Oh, Tom, Thomas uh, John Hardacre. Connor was 
echoes. Well, yeah. Thomas mm. has made me realize that none of my characters have fathers. I'm sure that has nothing to do with my mental state or That's anything. That's fine. You're mm. fine. <laughs> Look, don't think too much about that. God knows I don't. Mm. <laughs> you just, mm. just do them in one sentence. Yeah. Gone like the echo of my father. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> Never mind. That's you know, really simple. I'm sure people listening were like, Jeff, you're being dumb. There's like a real easy solution to this. I don't know what it is. I, I'm doing a thing about a cult. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so like they they echo their chanting? <laughs> uh, father is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, like a religious cult yeah. like Christianity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's I don't. Uh, echo is really simple. I don't know. They walked in a building and they were like, hey, and it echoed. The end. <laughs> Are we going to get Reese's dad Greasy's? <laughs> Greasy's? <laughs> His dad spies. is Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mars Bar. His dad is dad Mars Bar. <laughs> uh, Mars right, so, Bar yeah. the Magnificent. There you go. <laughs> so... Uh, next, next week is Get the finale. Me my cigarette. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect voice. It's <laughs> just enough Reese's in there and just enough to stone. Reese's. <laughs> um, so, everyone, next week is the finale um, mm. of this season. So, uh, yeah, we still haven't got too many uh, emails in for the Q&A session, but I think that is because people are waiting until the series is done because they want to ask questions about last episodes yeah. and things like that we've got a few in um it's looking healthy enough to do an episode but we want more so if you are want... we gonna be healthy enough to do the episode that's a good yeah. question i mean we might be stricken with rage grief or jizz ah the three big ones <laughs> i've been <laughs> stricken humors. with jizz before that's true <laughs> the three humors <laughs> ah my humors are out of alignment gotta jizz more if you want to send a question for all three of us into our Q&A episode that we're having after, it will be episode 27, but we won't call it that. Um, you can send an email to storylordspod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. Um, if you want to send multiple questions, send multiple questions. There's no rules on it. Just don't... There's don't, no rules. There's no rules. We'll pick and choose. Um, if someone asks the same question... If, if your email doesn't get read, just assume that your question has been answered um, or someone else asked it or we don't want to read that question, email. Just assume that. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just that, that, one of those yeah, things. One of those assume. things. Assume. Why, um, why are we doing so many asterisks? I don't understand. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't either. Those prompts were picked by our patrons. If you want to do your civic duty as a story page, story squire... The story squire. Story squire. You can go over to patreon.com slash storylords and for as little as $5 a month, you can join our super cool Discord, suggest prompts, read read stories that someone still hasn't put up on the thing. Rich, just, just send me your stories. Jesus just Christ. send me your stories. <laughs> Um, what are you sailing it across the Atlantic on the fucking Titanic? What are you but, doing? Do you know what? I've had zero time this week. I'm, I'm just I'm a real the- person with a real <laughs> job and a kid and a wife. That's why you could just send them to me, and then oh, I could post. True. That's true. But it's it's um. It's I've been got, months, you motherfucker. But I've got to check them for spelling mistakes. I know. I did. I tried to. I I didn't. You didn't. I, you know what? Stop lying. You didn't do that. <laughs> 
No, I, I didn't do I, like, it either. I thought about it. I thought about it. I was like, ah, you know what? I can't. Uh, me checking my own spelling mistakes is like the cops investigating themselves. What am I going <laughs> to I didn't check my shit either. I didn't even think about it. I'm oh, not right. a good person. Right. I'm I'll sorry. just send it back. I'll just send it back. For $10 a month, you can get access to Redesign by Committee. We did a recent one. Um, that's coming out soon. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, it's not out already? Wait, Don't wait, wait. So. I sent it to you. Is it not out? Uh, Do you have it? <laughs> it whoa, 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 whoa. It is either out by the time you have you were listening to this, and it was always out, or shut up. Let me go <laughs> the to the. I let me go to the thing those and files. find out. I may have. I may have fucked this up. Let's find Don't out. Worry. Like we've all had shitty weeks. That's why yeah, we're recording been... on a Friday rather than a Tuesday, yeah. right? Yeah, it's seven seven today. Let's not give ourselves any hard time for. Uh, <laughs> oh for being, my for the god! I didn't do it. It's fine. Oh my god! You so, have it. Do I need to send it to you? Where is it? Uh... I'm moving the files out of my trash bin. So for ten dollars a month, <laughs> you can get access to our new redesigned by committee, um, and it's on Superman. And we had a. Uh, I think we nailed it with the Superman episode, if I'm honest. Well, we nailed it. Yeah, I do have it. I do have it. I could have sworn I uploaded it. You might be able to find it on the M class with how much I think I (laughs) upload. That's funny. That's cool. M class fans are like, what the fuck is this? Why is this here? Yeah. Maybe you should. I'm thinking I did. I'm not going to lie to you. Maybe you should. Yeah, if you haven't, send it on. Let the M class guys listen to it. Um, so you get access to uh, that podcast and what we do in that podcast we just redesign an existing IP so we did a Superman origin um, that we think is pretty dope so we've Mm -hmm. done what else have we done we've done Star Trek we've done Star Wars and that's it yeah did we complain and that is it we fucking did did. and we we end up with complaining about if you like complaints about jj abrams listen to redesign by committee because that's all we yeah. fucking do well two in a row well maybe he should stop fucking touching everything yeah. and ruining yeah, maybe it. he's bad at his job yeah so for 20 dollars, you get all that all that sweet stuff i talked about and a credit in the upcoming book which we're <laughs> not terrified at all about at all and about have doing totally I have researched how to do it <laughs> Uh, we've talked to all the appropriate people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've I haven't woken up going. in a cold sweat about it or anything. We're only Call us Simon and Schuster because we're doing it. <laughs> we'll be fine. We'll talk to Kevin Cole. Uh, don't worry about us, everyone. We'll be all right. Um, and we'll get it done. But it might not be instantly, you know, if you're expecting it instantly. I mean, what world do you live in? COVID, Ukraine war, cost of living crisis. In this <laughs> book? In this economy? In this economy? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you're a top-tier patron, you get a credit in the book itself as a super patron, like a producer credit, but not the sort of weird Harvey Weinstein producer, but a nice yeah. producer. Um <laughs> You what? sullied it. You <laughs> sullied it. $25, people. Uh, no, $20. $5 yeah, off what I said. Yeah. Um, you said 20 You said it right the first time. Oh, all right. Well, I said it right twice and wrong once. I'm still in the in the red, right? Black. <laughs> this I'm is in a the good black. show. Yeah. No. <laughs> totally competent hosting. Um, so... 
Next week's the finale. We'd like to say uh, a big thanks to Vidazen, as always, for the use of his theme music uh, that is uh, on our the start of the episode and the end of the episode. Um, if you want to check out all Vidazen's stuff, I didn't need to say that. It's extraneous detail, but I'm, I'm, I'm flagging here a little bit. You can check out his work at vidazen.card with two rs.co. Nothing um, makes it less obvious that you're flagging than pointing it out. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm Keep British. I can't I can't let yeah. anyone think that it's I haven't noticed that I've made a mistake and are not going to yeah. be haunted by this mistake for at least another day. You're doing an amazing I just job. Pick, Thank you. I picture Rich at work doing this and everyone around is just drinking tea and nodding like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was. Quart, quart. I was in a big meeting uh, with about 10 people at the beginning of the week and I was eating an apple and I said something and I spat apple all across the table oh. and everyone looked at me like uh, Rich, what are you doing? All, all That's the, the worst. <laughs> it was people that I manage as well. Mm-hmm. It was like way to make yourself look incompetent. You, you know what you should have done? Idiot. <laughs> Got on the table and sucked up all the apple bits. Yeah. Yeah. No. After you spat them all out, you should have sat there for a second and been like, anybody want some apple? (laughs) Or I could have gone, could have made it a real baller move and went, who did that? (laughs) (laughs) Who the fuck did that? Whoever did that is inspired right now. lost your goddamn mind. (laughs) Who spat apple at me? We all um, sat and watched you do it. You're fired. <laughs> you questioning me? Um, yeah. Is there anything we want to uh, promote yeah, can, or anything like that? You can find our uh, our website at storylords.card.co. The same with Shit. two R's. Yeah, and it's got all the episode art on it. Um, profiles of us. It's pretty professional looking. It's got the newest episode link, the next episode, and the release date. Uh, all of our links for Twitter for however long it's around. Yeah. It's uh, looking bleak over there, boys. Yeah, SoundCloud, yeah, yeah. iTunes, Spotify, Patreon, Amazon Music for some reason. Uh, Hell yeah, why not? A place where you can leave reviews for us if you feel the need. Mm-hmm. And uh, a direct contact to our Story Lord's email. Yeah. And a direct link to all my feet pics. Yeah. You, Guys, it's, a, it's a secret link somewhere on the page. You have to yeah, search you for it. Yeah, you've got to find it. Click all over mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah. Part of me wants to really put in giant fucking letters across the whole website. Feet. <laughs> just then just go to the make it go to the Patreon. <laughs> um, guys, you could do us a big favor right now while you're listening to this. Head over to iTunes and drop us a review. Ooh. Really, really helps. Some we have any? Some douchebag, I think, has left a lower review than five stars. No. What? Because we're down to four point nine. No, it's unless 5. that is 0. a. Oh, does it? Someone said it said four point nine the other day, so maybe no, it was an error. No, ours say three point seven now. Uh, but, but, huh? The M class? Yeah. Oh my oh, god! A story lord. What? Story Lords. Yeah, I think you guys are on the wrong thing. Go to the website and click on reviews. It says customer What's reviews 5.0 out of 5, 49 ratings, all five stars. Oh, okay. Hmm. I don't know what you guys are looking at. I'm on iTunes. Did you go to the website and click it? <clears throat> no. Mm. <laughs> what is it? Storylords dot card with two R's. Card with two R's dot co. Yeah. Okay. I knew that. I knew that. And you click on reviews next to the little star. Little star. Oh, look, he's right. 
He is right. He's right, everybody. <laughs> we do have a new one. Oh, uh, I that? think we read that one before, but we can do it again. Mike? Mike Delano? We didn't read that one, did we? There's no way. Uh, Mike Delano no, we says... Read, we read Doglip's Kajoian. Uh, yeah. Mike mm. Delano says, five stars, storytelling at its finest. Apparently, oh. I'm not allowed to curse in reviews because <clears throat> my last one was Take It Down? Damn. Shit. Anywho, a masterclass on how to tell stories with heart, creativity, and laughs. I missed fantasy fiction so much when it died, so to have its successor be even better is amazing. Josh, as always, nobody gets my humor like you. Hey! Five stars. Thank you very much, Mark. That's very, very generous of you. It's nice. I'm quite Uh, worried about these other review pages you guys are seeing. Someone said it on uh, Discord, and I think it must have been a glitch then. Yeah, it's iTunes just being weird, um, probably. Surprised. They delete your review if you die. That's all I'm saying. Um, my <laughs> my favourite review is um, Average Fantasy Enjoyer. Five stars. Highly enjoyable. Refer to title. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> so good. So good. Right. Um, yeah, we're, I'm not going to let anyone talk about Twitter and stuff because it's just dead and I don't want to dance around its corpse. Um, yeah. We will see you in two weeks uh, because we love you and you love us and you better come back because it's a season finale and we're going to have drinks and we're going to put out a spread and we're going to infinite gonna... cheese infinite, uh, cheese, infinite cheese thing infinite <laughs> cheese uh, sausage in the casings for you to mm-hmm. bite into and oh, pop yeah Jesus mm. and uh, all the f- vegetables thrown at your head that you can eat <laughs> <laughs> So good. Stink berries, like your mum likes. All oh, those stink yeah. berries. Like the frat boys. Yeah, invite your mom. Yeah. She'll be there. She's already there. Yeah, we'll be doing her. <laughs> anywhere there's dicks, she's at. Yeah. So we'll see you in two weeks. Uh have a good week, everyone. Or two of them. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>